The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this broadcast or podcast without the express written consent of Spaced Out Radio or Spaced Out Radio Limited is strictly prohibited. Listener discretion is advised. the mountains of British Columbia to you listening around the world. This is Spaced Out Radio with host Dave Scott. They let us play with all our toys. They let us think that we're big boys. They let us make a lot of noise but we're in the world. They let us think we're Superman. You can follow us on our website, spacedoutradio.com on iTunes and tune in. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show, or on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. Are you playing with Bigfoot and aliens again? Uh, Dad, you gotta stop haunting the goat. It's scaring them. All right, seriously, put down the pointy sticks. Word is. Alright, alright, alright. Buckle up, space travelers. It's time to go for a ride on Spaced Out Radio. Mr. Bumblefoot, Dave is ready for liftoff. Seriously, Dave? Really? Aren't you a little old for a tinfoil hat? I am. Toby. Bye-bye. 
Good evening and welcome to Spaced Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott, and it's good to have you along for the ride on this Tuesday, April 18th. Wednesday, April 19th, if you're on the East Coast, hope you had a great day out there. We are live right here at Uncle Jimbo's Cabin, right here in the Great White North, as we are live seven days a week. We welcome in everyone listening in on our terrestrial stations, WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noon in Georgia, home of the Walking Dead. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. We're also live on spacedoutradio.com. Spreaker, KTLK, The Fringe FM, our brand new affiliate. We're also live on Renegade Talk Radio, the High Plains Talk Radio Network, and on Revolution Radio. Remember, the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. If you like our music, then rock with us to Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal, formerly of Guns N' Roses, currently of Art of Anarchy. Bumblefoot is the official sound of SOR. Hey, if you're a social media junkie like I am, do me a favor. Check us out on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. Give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. You can find me on Instagram, Dave Scott, S-O-R. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others from iTunes. We're also on RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, and on Stitcher. Of course, our website is SpacedOutRadio.com. And if you head over to Patreon.com, for as low as a buck a month, you can become a patron of Spaced Out Radio as well. Hey, if you want to take part in this show you got to do me a favor because i want to hear from you sign into one of our chat rooms on our website by clicking listen live on revolution radio on spreaker on the uprn chat room and on facebook if you're a valued member of the sor space travelers club or if you're on twitter just go to hashtag spaced out radio i will get to your questions and comments in there as well if you head to our website for five bucks a month you can become an sor space traveler check out the plethora of features we have for you including the brand new encounter online that is our news section everything paranormal strange and weird courtesy of our editors eric markham and everett themer you can also check out my latest blog there as well and if you've had a sighting you can't explain do me a favor fill out an sor sightlines report mike schmidt our researcher is ready to find out what's going on tonight we want you to be skeptical because when it comes to the field of the paranormal it's always good to have an open mind on the topics at hand and really we shouldn't think any other way because whether you're an experiencer or not We should always try and have a clear and precise mind on what happened, down to every minute detail. This is why we bring in Rich Giordano tonight. Rich has been following and investigating the field of ufology since 2004. He is studious in what he looks at, and even though some people call him a debunker or disinformation informant hired by the government, well, nothing could be further from the truth. Richard looks at his position as a UFO researcher to call out the fakery that seems to trouble and hinder the researchers in this field. Some people love him for it, and others wish he would go away for calling them out. But in the end, it's about 
about trying to find the real facts behind these sightings. Rich has been followed and videotaped by unknown people. His computer has been hacked, but it hasn't stopped him from seeking out answers to what's flying in our friendly skies. We bring Richard Giordano back to Space Out Radio. Rich, it's been a long time, but it's always a good time when we have you in the building. Welcome to Uncle Jimbo's Cabin. How are you? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me. Is this a secure line? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Hello. No, is it, it's been is a while it, is since it secure? <laughs> I know. Yeah. That you're right, man. Uh, it's, it's crazy what's been going on over the last um, 13 years. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem, Rich. And you are a longtime friend of this show. You came around when I first interviewed you, and geez, I don't even think we were five, six months old at that time when you came around and did our first interview. And then, you know, you had your radio show on mm-hmm. uh, being brought to you by Spaced Out Radio as well. And and then you went into a little bit different of a field. You started kind of looking and researching into the paranormal, but back you are stronger than ever, I may say in the field of ufology so our listeners because since the last time you were on we've grown kind of exponentially in our audience and i would love for them to get to know you a little bit what got you into the field of ufology why did you feel this big pull to check things out when it comes to ufos and aliens well it's not that complicated really um i've always been into the the paranormal since I've been six years old, but UFOs mainly. And yeah, I've, I've branched off in doing the, the ghost hunting now more uh, as much as I am doing ufology. But I actually got into this in 2004 because of what I videotaped in 2003 by accident and borrowed my sister's camera. And back then in 2003, having night vision was really cool. They didn't have even have high def back then. If they did, it, I remember it coming out in 2004, and there were a couple thousand dollars. So I didn't have a high def camera. My sisters, I borrowed her camera, and I'm videotaping a windstorm. We get these huge dust storms in Arizona. So we, uh, you know, a wall cloud that goes 30, 40 miles wide, 10,000 feet up. And we had a dust storm roll through, so I wanted to get it on tape. And as I'm videotaping the tree in our backyard, it's like a 30-foot tree, a light flew over the tree and shined in my face, and the power went out. And it didn't do it once, but it did it twice. And when I replayed it back, I saw something that was unbelievable, didn't – Actually, didn't even know what I was looking at. But years later, when I found the tape again, I lost the tape for years, found it by accident because I ran out of tape because I was UFO hunting one day. And I look on this thing and it was a triangular craft. People call them light chips. Uh, This was a triangular craft that appeared behind the tree, went by, flew over the tree and shined its lights into my face. And you can see it on the on the video i go oh my god and i yelled to my wife honey you won't believe what just happened with some swear words and um the lights went out and i ran out front i was in the backyard looked down the street and one of the transformers was sparks flying everywhere the power came back on believe it or not about a minute later and the storm passed by and i went online to look up some things the next day to, to look uh, UFOs over Phoenix and came across a few websites. And I found a guy who has a website out here in Arizona. He videotapes things during the day 
contacted him, and ever since then, it's been nonstop ufology for me. So that's really, in essence, how I got deep into the field of ufology because of what I accidentally videotaped and saw. Like a lot of people out there, it's, I accidentally saw this or we saw a light in the distance and ever since then it changed my life. You hear those stories all the time. So for me, it was something that hit deep, deep, deep inside and I wanted to know what's up in our skies. And when I did all this research online, I bought a camera and the rest is history. You know what, Rich, it's amazing how a blip in time in your life, let's say anywhere from one second to ten seconds, can change you forever. It really is, especially when it involves something under the paranormal umbrella, whether it's a UFO sighting, a run-in with a ghost or Bigfoot or something along those lines. It really doesn't matter what it is. But when you see something that you were told your entire life is just in the movies or isn't supposed to exist in real life. How did you feel after that happened? How were you affected by it? Because you said, you know, it, it put you on this trail of trying to figure out what is going on. How, tell us how it affected you. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting if I can reflect back to that time because it didn't really hit me until... I videotaped a fleet of UFOs, and in Mexico, they were seeing these fleets where there's more than two or three UFOs at a time, where some of them like 30 to 100. And I videotaped one of those in December of 2012 or 2004, (laughs) and um, that brought tears to my eyes because I knew I was seeing something that nobody else will ever get to see in their lifetime. And when I videotaped that. It hit me like even now I'm getting emotional about it because I it it does something to you to realize that you're not alone in the universe and that this is a possible once in a lifetime experience and I'm getting it on tape and nobody's going to believe me but I don't care and and that's what I hear in a lot of people when I, when I talk to people and interview them they always say I never believed in it. And when I saw this ghost or I saw this UFO, it changed me profoundly. It made me see things in a whole different light. Like I'm a totally changed person. I'm not even the same Rich G from 2004 to today. And, um, you know, just experiencing more and more and getting into it and meeting all kinds of people, it's something that I, I really can't explain. You actually have to physically go through your own process to understand the feelings. But I can just say, it's like dying and being reborn. That's how it feels to me. And uh, and that's why I'm still doing this after all these years, because I know there's more. There's got to be. This can't just be the, you know, it. This has been happening for thousands of years. So, you know, I like meeting people, interviewing them, hearing their stories, comparing them to mine. And uh, I also like the after effects the dreams I have, uh, the experiences uh, of uh, the unknown that happen unexpectedly. And you said it before, two seconds, a blip, that's all it took. (laughs) I was totally changed. I mean, that's not even normal for me, but here we are, uh, 13 years later, still at it. It's just crazy. When you went back on that videotape and saw that light flash in your face, what was it like reliving that moment? 
Well, it, it wasn't that the light flashed. It was the light was brought up like somebody til- tipping a f- uh, t- taking a flashlight, starting at the ground and working it up to your face. But it happened fast. When I look at that that incident in slow motion, frame by frame, I just like a lot of people think that I faked it or um, it's ball lightning, which it isn't. Um, but when I was looking at that, I the uh, words can't describe. But I mean, I'll, I'll say that probably another time tonight. But um, it just made me feel like I was being singled out. Like they see me for some reason, Dave. From when I was a kid to to that point, something about that time in my life brought me uh, closer to what I've always wanted to be and uh, you know be a part of. I don't know if it's a calling. I don't know what it is. But it feels like I'm part of something bigger than me, and mm-hmm. that and that says a lot. Yeah, and a lot of I know you, we hear it a lot. But when it's yourself, it kind of sounds funny coming out of my own mouth. Because when somebody else would tell me, "Yeah, I saw this on that," I'm like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's your evidence?" But I have evidence, so it's a little different. And uh, yeah, I feel like I'm part of a club. Like uh, like a lot of people don't want to be in this club. I don't know why. But I want to be. I want to be abducted. I want to be taken. I want to f- experience things, good or bad. So I just want that experience. There's something else out there. There's something else I feel that's coming. Well, you know what, Rich? I, I agree with you on exactly what you said, because as an experiencer myself in the field of ufology, and you know my stories, the audience knows my stories, you know, it does change you. And it's amazing how many people, and I don't have the video evidence that many of you do out there, including your son, or yourself, pardon me. But the one thing I do have is I hope people take me at my word, because that's all I have. The experiences that I have had, I mean, you either have to know me and trust me to know that I'm not going to BS you, and, you know, there's a lot of people like that. And, but you can tell, Rich, when you're talking to people, by their emotion, how they felt, you know, what was going on. They may be timid on what they are trying to say. They may be, you know, scared to tell you that story for fear of rejection or fear you're going to call them something that maybe they aren't. You know what I'm saying? And you I can do. tell when someone is, is telling you the truth or not. In the field of ufology... Out of every story you heard, let's take a topic of 10. Out of those 10 stories that you hear, how many do you look at and you just say, wow, I can't believe that happened to you? Hmm. (laughs) Without evidence, probably one out of 10, two out of 10. You know, there's a certain pattern that you will hear from people who are telling the truth and people who aren't. And uh, there's a certain way that people tell the story, just like you said, whether they're timid or whatever, they're scared to tell you because of fear of ridicule. Um, But I think it's a low number because I, like yourself, have interviewed a lot of people. And some of these people are so credible in their their lives, their their work, that you would have to to second guess yourself in believing, not believing them, because – why would this person risk everything? They have more to lose than anybody. So if I look at that, you know, what's this person's background? Where do they work? What do they do? How, what are their circle of friends? If I could find out, 
you know, so, um, but as far as hearing people and two out of 10, I, I would believe and the others, I just have to take it as it is. Yeah. And just, you know, hopefully they're telling the truth, but you know, I, I, I give people credit for coming out and, uh, telling the truth. Cause I know if I, I like, for instance, my parents are really proud of me. You know, they're, they're proud that I have the radio show I do and, uh, you know, done a lot of things, whatever, you know, accolades and whatnot, not to get into it, but they will tell their friends <laughs> when I first meet their friends at a, a party or whatever they're having. Oh, this is my son. This is a, uh, this is rich. Uh, yeah, he has a radio show and they go, Oh really? Yeah. Well, well, well what do you do? What do you talk about? UFOs? I don't want to talk about it because they go, oh, oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, and they start talking about something else, or more times than not, believe it or not, you get people that'll be like, oh, we saw a light, wasn't it last week, honey? You know, they'll start talking and asking you questions. What do you think about the Phoenix Lights, or you know, what do you think about Roswell? People are interested. They, I think, a lot of people are just afraid to talk about it. You know, they, I don't know why. After all these years, people are still paranoid about being ridiculed. It's, and, and I don't blame them because it happens to me to this day. You know what, Rich? One of the things uh, you mentioned about the Phoenix Lights, we have a gentleman named David Spinks coming on on Friday night. And he was actually stationed at an Air Force base in Tucson. He was at home minding his own business when the call came in. And I don't want to spoil the show for Friday night, but let's just say he was brought back on an emergency basis back to the base in his full gear. The Their commanders and lieutenants wouldn't tell him a thing of what's going on. Next thing he knows, he sees 50 A-10 warthogs scrambled into the sky. And he's never seen that before and since. That's how they knew the Phoenix lights were real. And he'll get more into that on Friday. And we'll touch on that tonight. But when you have a mass sighting like that, it's amazing how, you know, 20 years later, it swept under the rug like it never happened. It's amazing how that works. It's awful. Yeah, being that uh, at 8.15 at night, this huge one to two mile wide craft flew right down the center of Arizona from, from Nevada. Uh, you know, starting there and then going all the way to Tucson and back. And, uh, the, you know, they... they did a good job back then in uh, 20 or whenever it was 1997 of shutting down uh, on TV by Five Symington uh, playing a little joke and them coming out a couple of months later by saying it was flares and uh, it looked nothing like it. But that's not even the real sighting. The real sighting was at eight o'clock to eight fifteen, and for them to to sw- yeah, because we just had twenty year anniversary. And uh, are you still with me? Because something just happened. Yeah, I, I'm fine. We're we're good. Okay. Yeah, I um, well, yeah, they just had the 20 year anniversary, and every year uh, they play the the movie at Harkins Theater, uh, the documentary that Dr. Lynn Kitai, you know, created, uh, the Phoenix Lights, uh, a skeptic's view, whatever it is, um, and it sells out. You know, they they only play two or three showings, but it sells out, standing room only. You know, and they do an hour discussion about it afterwards and answer a question. Um, but it's the same people every, every year. I don't really see a lot of new faces, but it's all, it's all the same people. It's like, 
this huge event happened that impacted thousands of people's lives and they're just pushing it aside like it's nothing. And believe me, it is in Arizona, it's something. If cuz I live here, I I I see it all the time. There's always something in the paper every other month about the Phoenix Lights. Ah, oh, we somebody just saw something in Glendale, Arizona, compared it to the Phoenix Lights. So everything's compared to that. <laughs> Excuse me, it's kind of like a you know, a measuring stick for UFO sightings. But it's interesting. In Arizona, it's popular. But everywhere else, it doesn't seem to I, – I talk to people. Have you ever heard of the Phoenix Lights? Huh? No? Yeah, I'm like, how can you not? So 20 years later, yeah, here we are. Nothing's happening. Nobody that, cares. That is incredible how it has just kind of disappeared. It really I is. Know. You know, and and the footage is right there. Everybody has it. You can go anywhere you want. You can go anywhere you want, my friend, you know, and, and find it online, on YouTube, and it's amazing. Like, we're talking 50,000, 60,000 people saw this. We're not talking about one or two people walking through the desert on a, on a clear night. 50,000, 60,000 people, and boom. You know, 20 years later, we barely hear about this. I mean, the government did, including Fife Symington, who was the governor at that time, who has now come out and said he did see the lights. He doesn't know where they, where they came from. You know, was he told to shut up in your mind? Um, in my mind, yeah, definitely. Uh, I have a real beef with Fife Symington. I don't believe he saw the UFO. I think years later... You know, in the beginning, he was told because he even he said it was crazy. Everybody was talking about it, but I had to go out in public and say it was nothing. You know, we lo- looked into it. There's nothing there, so you know, let's calm down, people. You know, but in years later, after he did his goofy uh, his interview or a press conference where he had one of his um, associates dressed up in the alien costume and come out and said, oh, we caught the people who did it. And he takes off the alien mask and, ah, oh, ha, ha, very funny. Well, that soured just about everybody. That that almost killed his career. So years later, he comes out with this story how he got home, was having dinner with his family, and heard on the news that this UFO was passing over the mountains nearby him. So he got in his car went to the mountains and there it was like, you know, that's like hearing a plane crashed and rushing out to the scene. Hopefully you're going to see the plane crash again. There wasn't even a news story out until nine 30. And he said he was home by eight 30. So, and then he was on uh, UFO hunters with bill Burns, that, that TV show. And when I talked to bill Burns about that, uh, what, what five Simonson said, he told me, he told him a totally different story. And there was another story Fife Symington said. So I think he just had a guilty conscience over the years. And if he came out and said he saw this craft, that people will forgive him. And he'll be feeling as if he's one of us. Like, we will forgive him. And that's really what happened uh, in that, that documentary, You Know What I Saw, with Jim Fox. He produced it, directed it. Excellent movie, by the way. They start off with the Phoenix Lights, and they talk to him about it. And, you know, he interviewed Fife Symington, and Fife Symington is one of the people that is now like the go-to guy. You know, if you want to talk to him about the Phoenix Lights, you know, go to him. Yet, I don't believe he even saw it. 
So it's very frustrating, but he's a government official. I think one of the first American officials in the government to come out and say that he saw a UFO, other than, you know, Jimmy Carter and whatnot. But, I mean, recently. Do you believe, then, that Governor Symington was doing this to maybe try and get his name back in the press? Oh, I think he had his personal agenda. Absolutely. I think the guy is like a, an old boxer or a sports figure who needs that rush, needs to be in the limelight. So years go by, he's not the governor anymore. Well, you know what? If I come out and say I saw this UFO, geez, that'll get me some popularity. You know, that's, that seems kind of, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if if that's his train of thought or what brought him to do that. Maybe he did see it, Dave. Maybe he did. But his stories don't make sense. So if he did this just to get back in the limelight, yeah, then he did it. But it's over for him already. And, then, you know, unless you keep doing interviews over and over and over, you know, you're only in it for a few minutes with ufology. Like the Phoenix Lights, like you said, swept under the rug. People forget about you. Where What can you do for me now lately? generation so show me now or i'll forget you later so it's it's what's happened to him again so he's out (laughs) i don't but the word has gotten out that his stories didn't add up so a lot of people are wondering what his you know what his agenda is or was let me ask you this then what makes arizona such a hotbed for ufo activity we have the phoenix lights we have the travis walton incident back in snowflake arizona you're close to to Dulce in New Mexico. You're close to Area 51 in the lower part of Nevada. What makes Arizona such a hotbed? Not only that, we also have Luke Air Force Base, only 50 miles from the center of Phoenix. We also have Tucson. Uh, you know, they have their own military. I can't remember what it is. And then we have the Goldwater uh, Gunnery Range, where the Phoenix Lights were supposedly seen near. Um, So we have a lot of military installations around here. And not only that, the weather's fantastic, 300 out of 365 days a year. So you can see 100 miles on a good day, mostly 50 miles. But with the sky so clear like that and (laughs) add that up with all the secret government stuff that's going on, it's a hotbed for UFOs. And yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is that because the weather's great, and it's clear and the and all that it's just it just makes it like the center point like all roads go to arizona you know new mexico we're right there this is this is one of the best places for if not i think one of the best places in the whole world to see ufos it's phenomenal it, but it, it has been slow lately. It, it, <laughs> it no, it has slow. but i mean you look at it okay travis walton i believe was in 19 19- 78 yeah 77 i believe 77 78 now we have 20 yep. year 20 years later we have the phoenix lights in 97 and now we're 20 years later again what's going to happen in arizona this year to make the ufo headlines i don't know but i have a feeling something's ha- gonna happen it's really strange you know um i i always and the reason i was gone like I, I, I get bored real easily with ufology because there's not much going on. You know, it's the same people, same stories. You know, you can find people to talk to an interview, but generally, you know, not much happens. So I stopped doing my show for a while. And 
then all of a sudden I started feeling like I need to go outside and bring my camera with me. I, I just need to go outside. I don't know why, but I'm getting this feeling. I go outside and I see something that doesn't make sense and I videotape it or I don't. But um, it's that feeling, Dave, that something is coming. And the last time that happened, we had a pretty good, uh, pretty good, uh, what do you call it, um, slew of UFO sightings all over the country. I mean, you go on the Internet, you can see stuff every day. I just don't believe there's UFOs popping up every day all over the, the world. But maybe they are. But I don't believe it. But something's coming. I think, yeah, like you said, 20 years, we're in that wheelhouse, man. It feels like something's happening. And when I quit doing my show for a year and I got, I felt like I need to go back outside. And uh, when I was married at the time, I told my wife, I go, why is it I want to get out of this? I don't want to do this radio show anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of my website. I'm tired of this, that. And then something calls me to go outside. So what is that? I mean, how do you explain that to somebody? And I've always had that feeling. That's how I caught these things on video. Five triangles, a big, huge city in the sky, that light thing I told you about. I was out at the right time to catch that triangle thing that shined its light in my face and made the power go out. I don't think it's a coincidence. And for me to say that is a lot because I don't believe other people when they tell me that. So I'm not asking you to believe me. I just know what I feel. And uh, here we are again. And I'm getting these feelings. So maybe something's going to happen. Maybe something big. They are talking about a false flag, Dave. A false flag alien invasion. I don't know if you've heard. Stephen Greer's talking about it. Yeah. So that's the next thing to bring the world together. Well, when Stephen Greer talks about it, I kind of put my skeptical hat on. I I, I literally take my tinfoil hat off because it's no longer fun to wear. But that's just me. But that's I just me. I digress. I digress. Everybody is ripping me right now on social media. I thought you said this guy was a skeptic. We're getting into it, people. It's Radio 101. It's called the warm-up. We got three hours with Rich tonight. Three hours. See, this is how I love paying attention to my audience, because they call me out, and I love it when they do. So thank you, audience, on Twitter and in the chat rooms. Keep on doing it. They keep me honest, Rich. They're good people. They keep me on. That's all right. Yeah, and you know, when, when you put that word skeptic into the title, when I read that, I'm like, um, I didn't want to say anything because I know you probably have an angle for that. So uh, I was going to say, well, maybe I should type Dave and tell him to change it to UFO realist. No, no. Dave's got something. I'm Dave, go Dave has something. Dave's prepared tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to third person myself here for a second. Dave is prepared. Dave is prepared. <laughs> the audience just gets so excited, though. You know, they want to hear the best, and they want to hear what, what this all is all about. So they don't let me pull the blanket or the wool over their eyes. So I got to, oh, God, they're they're even threatening to release the damn gnomes on me because they know I hate them garden gnomes. <laughs> and, and, and they're threatening it now. We'll get to it, I promise you, because I do have an angle here. You know, we just got to warm it up. Rich, you said something a few minutes ago that I'm going to say, be careful what you wish for, my friend. You said that you want to be taken. Okay. Did you know, did you know that in, in two days from now, it will be the second anniversary that I had what I've named Carl the Alien show up at my window during my broadcast? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Wow, it's been two years already. Two years, on the 20th. Wow. Two God. years. Yeah. 
And, and you know, I'll tell you, man, I have been taken, and I've seen the good, and I've had the bad. you got to be careful with what you're wishing for there, my friend. You know, if you want to be taken, at least put some positive energy out there and say you want the good guys to come and uh, maybe take you for a ride. Because I'll tell you, one of the, one of the uh, stories I haven't really mentioned on this show, Rich, was one night after my show. This is when I lived in my old house near Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I I actually went to bed at about one thirty in the morning, and literally about five six minutes later, as I'm getting all snuggled into Mrs. S O R and I'm about to doze off because I'm a heavy sleeper, and every hair on my body stood up, and it freaked me out, and immediately when you have extraterrestrial contact, Rich, you know the feeling of when they are there. Okay, much like a lot of people who say they can call down UFOs at any time. You know what I'm saying? You just Mm -hmm. have this feeling that you're in a danger zone. And I had this feeling. And I immediately, immediately grabbed the baseball bat beside my bed because, well, number one, I don't have a gun. But number two, number two... I have daughters, and a baseball bat is just so intimidating to teenage boys. You know what I'm saying? So I always, yeah. kept, I always kept the Easton beside the bed. Anyways, I immediately grab this bat, and I go look. I go to my doorway, and I look down towards my kitchen, and I know exactly where this guy is, is standing there. And what confirmed it for me that there was a gray in my house was when I got up, I used to, back in the day, and I do everything by pounds, not years anymore. You know, (laughs) 28 pounds ago, I used to be, you know, a fighter in hockey. And when I stood up and got out of bed, I hadn't had that feeling in probably 20 years of, Mm -hmm. or 18 years of, walking to my door, and it felt like for the first time that I was going to drop the gloves and go on the ice. And I'm not trying to sound like a tough guy. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. But yeah. when, I, when I got to my doorway and I looked down my hallway from my bedroom down towards my kitchen, right across the hallway was my laundry room. And my dog, named Doug Stevenson, yes, I gave my dog a human name, okay, <laughs> Douglas Fur Stevenson is his name because he sheds a lot. Anyways, <laughs> he comes, he gets up from the laundry room and he pokes his head, and he's a German Shepherd lab cross. He pokes, he he comes out of the laundry room, doesn't step out of the laundry room, but he pokes his head out of the laundry room. He looks at me, and then he looked down the hall, and immediately, I, I'm going to use the word telepathically, but I don't know what it was. And I hear these words, oh, sh, crap, you know what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. oh, crap, mm-hmm. he's awake, get me out of here. Oh, my God. Okay. And so I'm thinking, I'm hearing him repeat this, he's awake, get me out of here, he's awake, and I know I can, it, it was like I could see right through my walls down the hallway to where this guy is standing. And, and I start sending him, it, it, and I don't know how real this is. All I know is I am wide awake. 
Okay, I don't know if it was imagination or not, but I start sending him messages saying, "Come on, effer, show me your. I know you're there. Show me where you are. I'm going to f you up." <laughs> okay, because I've been around rich positive aliens. My first experience was very positive. This did not feel positive whatsoever. Mm. Okay? Did not feel positive whatsoever. And all I hear him saying is, get me out of here. He's awake. Get me out of here. Get me out of here now. And then within like a minute of all of this, because you know it never lasts long, Mm -hmm. but within a minute of all of this, all of a sudden, every hair on my body went down. And the entire energy in my house changed. I go back, and here's the weird part. My wife is a is a very light sleeper, mm-hmm. and she, I crawl back into bed, and she says, "What's wrong? What are you doing up?" <laughs> and I'm thinking, Miss, I wake up at a sneeze. Didn't even pick this up. Yeah. Okay. And I said, "Honey, there was just an alien in the house." And she's like, oh, my God, where? And so I told her what happened. I'll tell you, man, I was wide awake until 3.45. Nothing was going, you know, because they always say they take you between 1 and 3 a.m. or 1 and 4 a.m. I was trying to make it to 4 o'clock as as much as I could, man. (laughs) But so what I'm saying is when you're asking for that encounter, and I know I took the long route here, but make sure you, you at least ask for the good guys. Because well, there are good guys out there. You know, I'm not comparing stories, but um, that's friggin' amazing. And it bring it brought back a th- something that did happen to me. And it is possible I've been visited because I've had dreams, Dave, that you – I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about a couple of them way back when. But I'll tell you the second half of what happened because it's – not similar, but I woke up, it was three minutes after three, but I had a, a really bad pain in my left ear. And as I'm about to lift my head up to get out of bed, I feel lips, you know, like somebody's about to whisper in your ear and Absolutely. the voice goes, yeah. And the voice goes like this, I'll be in your head before you wake up. <laughs> and I was awake already. And, uh, my ear has never been the same since. Now, go back three days before that, uh, two minutes after three o'clock, I am woken with an enormous amount of pain in that ear, my left ear, and I'm facing my wife and my dog at the time I was married. And I see this blue light reflecting off of whatever and shining up, you know, lighting up the whole bedroom. So all of a sudden I hear what sounds like, not like a lightsaber, but you know how lightsaber in Star Wars, when they they turn it off, it goes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So this, I, I lift my head up and I turn to where it was coming from and I hear like a digital like that. And in the left hand of a three foot, four foot gray alien was standing at the foot of my bed. I looked at my wife trying to wake her. My wife was just like, is like yours. She would she wakes up at a sneeze, wouldn't move. Dog didn't even bark. Dog wouldn't move. And I turn around again, he was gone. 
or she was gone. Oh, but yeah. it was gone. You've been taken, man. So You've been taken. That was th- two, two days before I had the guy in my ear going, I'll be in your head before you wake up. I'll be in your head before you wake up. What does that mean? I, I went, I, after I uh, woke up from that be in your head, I'll, I'll be in your head speech, <laughs> um, I was scared for about 30 minutes. I wouldn't move. Um, we have a light in the hallway that illuminates enough I can see everything. And then I finally got up and turned on every light I could. And my wife finally wakes up. She goes, what's the matter? I go, I'll tell you in a minute. Go downstairs, grab my recorder, and sat in my car in the garage and videotaped what happened so I'd never forget it. And I've done that several times, so you don't forget these experiences. Recently, in I've been doing some crazy stuff, not to jump off into another tangent here, but I've been trying to conjure up the devil on a Ouija board 74 times now. Um, nothing's happened except nightmares and nightmares where i'm waking up and coughing gagging can't breathe and if if you've ever had your own fingers in your mouth you know it's disgusting but to have someone else i had woken up to someone's two fingers their their pointer and mid finger in down my throat and me coughing and as i'm waking up he takes the fingers out of my mouth and i'm (laughs) gagging and uh yeah, so I don't know what's going on, man. Whether it's you know, a lot of people think aliens are ghosts, ghosts are aliens, spirits, whatever. They're all connected. Maybe they are. Maybe right. I mean, that's what this is all about. Trying to find out how it all connects. So it's a crazy thing to have these experiences and talk about them because I never re- really do. But compared to what you had, what I've had, other people have. There's the similarity that they do come between one and four, and the hair does go up on your arms, and the energy does change in the home or wherever you're at. It's a strange experience. The next morning when I walked my dog, it was about – well, actually, it was two hours later, about five o'clock. I walked across. We have a a fairway of grass um, that divides the the, uh, place where I lived, and there were two crop circles. I call them crop circles, grass circles. In across the street from my house. So I, of course, videotaped it. But Dave, it's possible I have been taken. And yes, to answer your question or your statement, be careful what you wish for. I do wish for it. I, I, go, I, I go out in the middle of a, of a big field where I live by a big university here. And I go out there with my dog, three o'clock in the morning. I wake up at two thirty, three o'clock every day. So I'm out there asking for them, trying to meditate, asking for abduction. Take me, please. You know, I say, don't hurt me. Don't hurt my dog. But show me something. Give me something. I I won't tell anybody, I say. I won't tell anybody. But I want to learn where you're from. I want to know what you're doing here. I won't tell anybody. Maybe they know I will tell everybody. But I don't have any, uh, you know, waking experiences in that field. As many times have I been out there seeing any UFOs or anything. And I always have a recorder with me, so nothing's ever recorded. Yeah, it's frustrating. These things happen when you least expect it. They know you're watching. They know you're ready. So when you're sleeping, you're not a, you're not ready. You know, when you're driving, you're not ready. No, absolutely. They, get, they know. Yeah, they get you. Yeah. They know when that technical issue is happening. And, you know, 
and I am a skeptic deep down. I, I that's why I still do what I do because I'm maybe I'm in denial, maybe, but I still don't have the proof that I want. Now I, I have dots in the sky, you know, things like that on video, but that's not a real ship. That's not a ship I could show people. Look, I got it. It's right. Nobody really does, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping to get. Um, until then, these are just stories, and that's what I hate. I hate the stories. I hate it. That's why I don't even want to tell mine, and everybody thinks I'm lying or making it up. But when you know, when you, you tell know, the same story, you know what? It's it's funny yeah. you just say that because I got this guy on Twitter. He's just started listening. He goes by Lone Wolf. He goes, Dave, you're starting to remind me of. I'm going to say that other host who runs the show, female lady. He goes, you're starting to remind me of the female lady again. You've experienced every paranormal thing known to man. So no matter whether you are speaking the truth, there's always going to be one. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to defend him because he has the right to do that. He yeah. has the right to call me out. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know my experiences. He doesn't, brand new listener to the show. He's probably like, oh man, we got another one on the air. We definitely have another one. But a lot of people are like that. And the skepticism that goes along with that, and we're going to get more into the whole skeptical side of everything in hour number two. But he's right. He should call me out. And yeah, and I, I, yeah, you're right. I tell people to call me out. Keep it, I, keep it, keep it healthy. But at what point, okay, and that brings up a good point as we start to wind up hour number one here and get ready for now hour number two, but at what point is there a big difference in your mind between the skeptic and the five senses person that no matter what you tell them, no matter what experience or evidence you have, they're not going to believe you? Yeah. Uh, what do you tell them? Tell them, do the research, get out there yourself, boots on the ground, babe. Like I always say, I'm out there, you know, I'm out there with my camera in hand over a hundred thousand hours of sky watching, which is unbelievable amount of time. It's more than that, but I stopped counting. Um, you know, we're talking 10 years. I was doing it 10 hours a day. Uh, at one point I did, you know, 24 hour watches, 48 hour watches, so, you know, with all this experience, going ghost hunting, uh, buying the right equipment, and there's, that's the only way you're going to experience these things. And I don't tell people to believe me. I just tell them to do the research. Now, a lot of people can't or won't because they know that if, if that happens to them, their life might be changed. And a lot of people fear that. A lot of people are comfortable, Dave. They don't want to go out and do the research. They just want to tell you you're wrong. You imagined it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they're right. Um, but nonetheless, here we are talking about these things. And not, it's not like these things happen every day. This comes from hours and hours of painstaking, boring, nothing, you know, nothing on video, nothing on the camera just hoping to get a glimpse of something you know i'm not like uh, the ghost adventures team you know where they go into a house and they capture something all the time i mean this is something that you have to really dedicate yourself it's not part-time it literally is almost a full-time job 
to go out there and get the boots on the ground, do the research. Um, when I first started out, I told my wife, I go, there's no way. There's no way I'm catching this stuff. You know, there's no way. It can't be real. There, it's too many. I'm, I go my whole life. I don't see anything. And all of a sudden now I'm seeing stuff. I mean, am I just making it up? She goes, I don't think you're making it up. I think you want it to happen so bad that you're creating it. And I said, no, you've seen the video. She goes, I know, but maybe it's a balloon or a plane. You just don't understand how it works yet. She was right. Um, I videotaped Iridium Flare satellites. A lot of people still use these satellites that they they go in a straight line, but they have these huge solar panels that when at an hour or two after sunrise or an hour or two after sunset, they reflect the sun's rays at a certain angle where it looks like a UFO would be powering up is what a lot of people say. And then as it goes across the horizon, it powers down. Well, they have applications and, and websites where you can predict or they tell you where they're going to happen and show up and how bright they are and, and how long they stay lit up and where they're heading and where they'll be tomorrow. So I spent almost 10 months thinking I was seeing UFOs. And come to find out, one guy says, you're catching Iridium Flare satellites, he tells me. I go, what are those? He goes, they're this, that, and the other thing. And I looked it up. That was the last time I, I ever videotaped an Iridium Flare satellite after I taped about 1,100 of uh, what I thought were UFOs. So what did I do? I accepted the reality of it, and I didn't get upset, but I said, wow, did I just learn something? I not only learned that I was wasting a lot of time, <laughs> but I, I also learned that a lot of other people are probably faking stuff, misidentifying planes and satellites. I'm on to something here, I think. I just learned a hard lesson. That's when it happened. In 2005, 2006, that's when the light went on for me. When I said, holy mackerel, if me, if an intelligent person like myself who's so analytical can make such an easy mistake, what are these other people doing? What mistakes are they making? So that's how I got into debunking not only my own videos, which I did, and got rid of almost everything, ripped down almost every video on my website I had at the time and said, I'm sorry, this is this, this is this, this is this, this is a plane, it's a balloon, it's this, um, and started over, started from scratch in 2006. So I, two years of making mistakes paved the way for the next 11 years of doing it right. And a lot of people need to do the work, do the research. It's the only way you're going to learn. So I take that and I say, Go out there, grab a camera if you can. Try to get a high eight. They're on eBay. You can buy them for sixty bucks. Uh, don't use digital. And come back and tell me what you catch on video. I'll let you know. It's just amazing what research does. Getting out there in in the world and doing the actual research. What you'll find out. Rich, I'm going to debate you on those strobing. I'm going to debate you on that one in the next hour, my friend. <laughs> I got an answer already. Uh huh. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, the, I'm telling you right now because I know you're a big hockey fan and you're watching the playoffs, and we're oh, all ho we're all hoping for the Leafs to lose. You know, that's the main thing. <laughs> we're all hoping. Don't tell for me any scores. Oh no, I'm not telling you any scores. <laughs> but we're all hoping the Leafs lose, at least here in Canada, besides Toronto Nation. You know, and and I'm going to get that from a few of our followers now. But I can tell you this: the gloves are coming off here. In the next hour, my friend, they are coming off because when I had my experience, I can tell you there's something else going on. And I used to think, just like you, that it was reflection of the sun. 
But when I had my close encounter of the third kind, man, that changed me. Changed me big time. So we're going to get into it, buddy. We're going to get in hard. Yeah, well, oh, I'm ready, Dave. I mean, let's go. Oh, Do it. Yeah. Come on. Let's go. Come so, on. So, you know, I, I would say, honestly, we could do it at center ice of the Phoenix Coyotes rink, but no one would witness it. Oh, 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 oh that's got to hurt. It does. It does. You, but you hold on, my friend. We're going to hop out for our first break here on Spaced Out Radio. You are listening to the Mighty SOR. I am your host, Dave Scott. Rich Giordano is our guest. We're talking everything UFOs. We're getting into the whole skeptical side next, because I know you've been waiting for it. We'll be right back. From coast to coast to coast, Blacklight Uncharted is taking on the paranormal across Canada. From ghostly hauntings to the UFOs flying above in conjunction with MUFON Canada, they're closely investigating what's going on in the northern skies and checking out the apparitions that walk among us. Check out our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. We want to know your thoughts, we want to hear your experiences, and we want you to share your stories. The answers are out there, and we intend to find them. Would you like to become one of our space travelers? All you have to do is click on the space travelers icon at spacedoutradio.com. For only $5 a month, you can get access to some great prizes, as well as private monthly shows, newsletters, and a members-only section on our website. Become a space traveler today. The third Monday of every month, Spaced Out Radio is going to bring you a different look at everything paranormal. Welcome to The Reporters. Jim Mallard, Vanessa Hogel, Denise Garcia, and Christina George join me, Dave Scott, for a look at the weird and strange from the other side of the microphone. We'll break down ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, and the people investigating them. The paranormal media has never been heard like this. Come listen to The Reporters. It's paranormal news at its finest. Welcome to The Encounter. At spaceoutradio.com, The Encounter Online is SOR's trusted news source for everything weird and strange going on around the world. This is news editor Eric Markham. Our team of journalists are scouring the planet for those strange stories that rarely make the mainstream. No fear-mongering or fake news here. Head over to spaceoutradio.com and encounter The Encounter. Hey, this is Canadian Paranormal Investigator Mike Moore. The third Wednesday of every month, I'll be teaming up with Dave Scott to bring you Ghosts of the Great White North. Each month, we will bring on guests from across Canada to discuss their ghostly encounters. Canada is a paranormal hotbed with stories you've never heard, so we're going to bring them to you. So get comfy on your Chesterfield, grab a donut, and join us, eh? Have you had an experience you can't explain? Had a run-in with ghosts, maybe Bigfoot, or seen lights in the sky? Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt from the SOR Sight Lines. I'm here to investigate your sighting. Head to spacedoutradio.com and fill out a report on the sight lines. All your information is 100% confidential, and I will help you figure out what you've been seeing. File your report, and let's find out the answers together. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? 
Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit and expect a miracle. Are you interested in advertising on Spaced Out Radio? Head to our website at spacedoutradio.com and click on our advertising tab. There, you will find an assortment of ways you can get your product out there with us, from radio commercials to banners and social media. Have a product you like our hosts to endorse? We can do that too. Visit spacedoutradio.com for more details. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. From British Columbia to Northern California, Pacific North Weird has Cascadia covered. Check out our feature videos at spacedoutradio.com, where I, Vincent Zunza, and my super sleuth partner, Alexandra Sullivan, track down the weird and strange stories from around the Pacific Northwest, from Bigfoot to Mel's Hole, and everything in between. This is what makes life exciting. So why report the normal when we can report the Pacific North Weird? Right here at spacedoutradio.com. Every Saturday and Sunday night, as Dave Scott wanders aimlessly in the wilderness, you can come hang out with me, James Tyson, and Spaced Out Weekend. Starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, I'll take you along as we talk with some of the best experts in their fields. SpacedOutRadio.com is the place to find us. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, enjoy the topics like the paranormal, supernatural, intuitiveness, and so much more. Hope to see you there. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, or anyone associated with this broadcast. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. And hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Welcome back to the second hour of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Tomorrow night on the program, we have Ghosts of the Great White North. We are going to be joined by Mike Morin from Canadian Paranormal Investigations. We're going to get into it tomorrow night. Everything ghostly around the Alberta capital of Edmonton. Yes, we're going to share some Canadian ghost stories with you. Since we're in Canada and all. 
9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern Time at spacedoutradio.com. I do want to remind you that we are broadcasting terrestrially on WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia. We are also live on the United Public Radio Network on 107.7 FM in New Orleans and over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us. We are live as of last night on KTLK, the Fringe FM, our brand new affiliate with us. We're glad to be a part of Joe and Dave's network. Thank you so much for being with us and including us in your nights. We are also live on Las Vegas on Renegade Talk Radio. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember... The Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell's wife, Katie, has set the password for tonight. Usually it's Bill who sets the password, but he's making maple syrup right now in Ontario wearing his Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. The password is Taphrogenesis. Taphrogenesis is your password. Make sure you use it wisely, space travelers, as Bill, and this time Katie, set the password each and every night on this show. If you want to follow us on social media, you could do so on Twitter, at Spaced Out Radio. You could use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio like Lone Wolf, Deb, Eric, Canadian Joe, and others. If you want to connect with me live during the show, you can be in one of our chat rooms. You can also give our Facebook page a like, Spaced Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others on iTunes. We're also on RadioGuide.fm, TalkStream Live, and on Stitcher. And our website is SpacedOutRadio.com, where we have a plethora of features for you, including joining the SOR Space Travelers Club for 5 bucks a month, read up on the Encounter Online, our news section, and head on over to Patreon.com for a buck a month. You can become a patron of Spaced Out Radio. Tonight we are talking UFOs. Everything about them. Do you believe in them? Do you not? Are you skeptical? Rich Giordano is with us tonight. Rich, welcome back. I'm ready to go. Thank you. All right. Gloves are off. We're doing the circle. (laughs) Nobody is around because we're in Phoenix's hockey rink. Hmm. I know, that's going to sting when they move. <laughs> and and yet, the sad part about it is all of Canada is going to be cheering. Anyways, so on, huh. so, so on and so forth. But that's for a different time. We'll debate that later. We were talking about the idea of what a lot of people will say are strobers in the sky. And the reason why I used to believe what you believed, okay, that... It is a reflection of the sun because satellites, as we can agree, satellites do not have lights on them. Would you agree? Correct. Okay. So what is causing the reflection? Could it be the angle or the trajectory or the height of the satellite? And it happens to have something hit the sun. And the sunlight hits it and all of a sudden makes that shine as it is spinning through the sky. Absolutely it could. But... When I had my close encounter of the third kind, the third time that ship turned its lights on for me, and I'm only 150 yards away from this thing, you know, an easy par three because I just had to go open over (laughs) the trees. Okay, so I'm thinking about an eight iron to get the loft up there. (laughs) But on the third time, after about 30 seconds when the lights were on, on this like i said i've got a clear view of this thing and i have a witness with me that ship started turning its lights off and on off 
and on, off and on, just like the strobing I used to see in the sky. Therefore, I used to think like you, where it was the reflection of the sun, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of it probably is. However, when that ship on the ground started turning its lights off and on, and it did it about nine, ten times before the lights went off for good, that's when I knew that at certain times of night, I wasn't seeing a reflection of the sun. Now, that is my story. You have to believe it. The audience has to believe it. If they want, they can. If they don't, they don't have to. But there's something more going on there, Rich, than just old lady sunshine breaking through over the horizon. Yeah, I mean, I'd call that a stiff jab. I wouldn't really call it a knockout punch if you want to go round and round here. That is totally different than seeing it in the sky. And I know you're saying you used to think like I thought, but iridium flare satellites is what I'm talking about. Not all satellites, just the iridium flare satellites that have these enormous solar panels on them. Now, some of these iridium flare satellites are spinning. So you will get that on and off type of effect where it's reflecting, not reflecting, reflecting, not reflecting. So when it's on the ground, uh, like you said, a par, good par three with an eight iron over the trees, that I can't argue with. Nobody can. Um, but when Come it's on, sky, argue with me, damn it. Argue with me. I am. I'm, I'm about to throw you a big left. Here we come. But when it's in the sky, you have to tell yourself it's not a UFO. No, I'm just. No, don't, you don't. No, uh, because I'm no, going to use. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to use your words here for a second because I'm huh? going to debate this with you, and and we can do this because we're friends, and you know. But it's but, not really. But this isn't really a. a it's not even a, d- a debate because you're talking about seeing something on the ground, which looked like something that. that was in the sky. I understand but, that. Okay. Yeah, but I'm talking about satellites where they just power up and get really bright and get really dim. Um, some of them do reflect, you know, and spin around and make that on and off. But you can point these up, you know, pull these up on applications and figure out where they're at and match it up to what you're seeing in the sky. Your yes. situation, you can. It's not even a fair fight. Well, I realize that. I realize that. <laughs> but, but this is what I will say. Where I am in Canada, which is, you know, I'm about halfway up the country, okay, or just below the halfway point of, of the provinces here. Okay, in the summertime, I'll have daylight until 11 o'clock at night. And in the winter, from about October on, it is dark here, man. It is very, very dark. And when I see something in the sky past, I'm going to use your words here, past that two-hour frame of sundown. Okay, so let's say October here, it starts to get dark about 6 o'clock, so that takes us until 8. When I start seeing that strobing, happening at approximately midnight my time i definitely know that is not the sun because the sun would be behind us at that time now can i prove can i prove that no i'm not a scientist i've never been up in space the flat earthers will argue with me left right and center on that one but Mm. but there has to be something more because the satellites are not traveling that far up they're no, not they're not 20 30,000 miles above the planet. I mean, I believe they start at what 500 miles. 
No, because two hundred and fifty or two hundred and fifty because the space shuttles yeah. only, or the ISS is only at three hundred miles above the above the Earth. And that's yeah, not I think they it varies somewhere in in there too. It doesn't get any more than three hundred miles because what you're getting close to the uh, the Van Allen belt by three hundred and fifty miles. You can't go over five hundred. Mm-hmm. The satellites just won't work. Eric Ains at hashtag Spaced Out Radio is asking, will someone please explain to me what the third kind is as an encounter of the third kind? As far as I know, close encounter of the third kind is when you are very near a landed craft. You don't see any aliens. You're not taken. That is a close encounter of the third kind. Isn't so, that what he asked? What, what a close encounter of the third kind is? Yes. So that's why I wanted to mention that. So I'll bring that up for you, Eric. I'll try and find that for you during the show here, and I'll break down the whole close encounter section. But anyways, back to our our topic of discussion, because we're at center ice here. I really believe that there is some strobing from UFOs going on. I'll give you the first two hours. I'll even give you three hours. How about that? I'll be generous. I'll give you three hours, right? Especially up here in summertime. Because nighttime literally would, will start when we hit the summer solstice. It'll start probably around, I think, last year. I was, I was amazed because I've never seen daylight at 11, 15, 11 o'clock at night before. That was kind of cool. My wife comes from the Yukon way up there where they got the 24-hour sunshine or 23 hmm. and a half hours, whatever it was. But there has to be something more to it, man, than just you know, the sun. It, to me, that's an easy suggestion or an easy cop-out in saying that it's sun reflecting. Yeah, but when I was making my point, I was saying, when I was doing my research, um, I was videotaping those. Basically, I found out they come out, you know, before sunset and just after sun, uh, just before sunrise and after sunset. Um, but at midnight, yeah, the, you, there's. How do you argue that? I mean, it would have to be something unusual, of course. Uh, I have no argument to give you because it, what can it be? Especially if it's on the ground and if it matches what you saw in the sky at midnight or somewhere after the sunset sunset already. Yeah, I mean, UFOs they they flash for all different reasons. We don't know if it's because of their propulsion or the power source they use, whatever. Or is it to make themselves known? Are they sending you a sign? So, yeah, maybe uh, you did. I mean, I believe you. I believe you saw something, and it related to what you saw on the ground. Mm-hmm. And very much it could be. Very much it could be. Yeah. You know, we had we went over to our friend Corey's house a few weeks ago. And Corey has the official Spaced Out Radio hot tub. And about 10 minutes before <laughs> we, we were getting out... Uh, Corey looks over at us and says, hey, what's that up in the sky? And so we looked We looked south, and there was a triangle of three orbs in the sky. And it was weird. They were flying northeast to where our, towards our direction. And then the first on the triangle, the first orb on the triangle, all of a sudden took off and went southeast. It left the other two in formation. That formation of the two then traveled right through, it kept on traveling northeast, right through the, or and just past the handle of the Big Dipper. 
And when it just crossed the handle, they stopped. And they connected with another star, or what looked to be another star there. Have you ever seen anything like that? Have I? Yeah. I videotaped five triangles. Five of them. Two of them were on March, or sorry, June 21st, the first day of summer. And, uh, you know, years apart. So I have seen the triangular craft. That was when, when I first got into this in 2004, I was outside videotaping orbs. I hate using that word, but they weren't satellites because they were changing direction. So when I was videotaping these for days on end, I said, and it's weird, Dave, I said this. And then a minute later, there it was. I go, how come I only see one at a time? Can't you give me something better? And the next thing you know, I see two orbs flying in tandem, turning from heading north to turning east, and then a third one attached itself into formation behind and I didn't even know I was recording the third one until I looked up on uh, the camera. You know, when I replayed it back, I saw it in the frame and I was only focusing on the two. But how is that even possible to happen after I asked for it? I asked for it. I go, can't you give me something? Give me something better? Just one at a time? Am I wasting my time? <laughs> you know, I'm all sarcastic and everything. And next thing you know, the next sighting I had was that. That 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 was a... Yeah, on June 24th, 2006, 2004, sorry. Yeah, that was crazy. I videotaped five triangles now. So they, there's something going on with these triangular craft, three orbs of light. Same thing. I videotaped just what you described during a dust storm, like I mentioned when I first started talking to you tonight. During 40-mile-an-hour winds, three were coming from the north heading south, and then went by, um, I think it's Arcturus, this big, huge star, they all the, the 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 formation started to slow down to almost a complete stop, and then they went off one by one. I got it all on video, you know. So it's what, crazy. What's, what's your YouTube channel so people can check that out? They can go. Well, it's UFO Chronicles of Rich G. UFO Chronicles of Rich G. If you want to check out Rich Giordano's videos on YouTube, now. The whole skeptical side of this, this is what I really wanted to get into with you. You call yourself a realist. I believe you're skeptical. And I'm not sure there is a de real defined definition between the two. What makes you a realist in this field? Well, it's the thousands of hours of research. Um, knowing how people are misidentifying the planes, Chinese lanterns, whatever's in the sky, day or night, um, making these same mistakes that I've made. Um, there are so many ways you could fake uh, a UFO sighting. Um, I've done it by accident. Thought I've seen things in the sky. Come to find out, you know, it was a leaf off a tree was in the way of, of the star Orion or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sirius, or it was a spider web, which I thought was a ship. The moons, the, the, the rays of the moon were reflecting off a spider web. And I thought it was a huge craft over the city. And then it blew in a breeze. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I see all these things and, and, uh, I know what people are doing. People on the internet, when they post these videos, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not real. But when people post these videos, one thing you never see, how does the video end? 
You only see the highlight, but you never see the very end of a video. Very rarely will you see a video from beginning to end. I guess people get bored, so they're only going to put 30 seconds of the highlights of the video. But I always posted the whole video because at the end of the video, most people will be like, oh, no, I caught a plane. But I'm just going to post this part of it on the on YouTube because it looked like a UFO at the time. Yeah, people will believe it. Cool. And they put that part of the video on YouTube. So I always say, show me the whole video. Well, we taped over it, so I don't have you taped over your your own, your own UFO video. Okay, so you know, um, geez, I think I forgot your question. <laughs> I well, started talking. You, uh, well, you call yeah. yourself a realist. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so um, I know what's being done out there, and I know my own experiences. So when I marry them up and compare them, I know that there's really a UFO experience happening people are having experiences whatever i know the ufos are real they're not fake what what is a ufo it's unidentified flying object right but what we want to know is it is an is it an alien craft that's really what we we hope it is um so i've come to call myself a realist because i know what's real most of the time i mean i can be fooled and i have i've been fooled a few times over but that's part of the learning experience. It's part of getting your boots on the ground and doing the research. Um, but because I have my own experiences, I can't deny everybody. That's something that was hard for me to, to overcome. In the beginning, I just figured everybody was faking it. And nobody has on video what I have. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people only catch one thing on video, and that's it for them. But for some people like me, seeing that thing China's light in my eyes triggered something in me to want to get into the field, not into the field, but to be a researcher and learn. Uh, I feel, and I know this is so cliche, but I feel some of us are chosen to either be the voice of the paranormal ufology, ghosts. Some of us are just to be researchers and not talk about it and gather evidence. Some of us you know, our dreamers, some of us are just abductees. We're all part of a puzzle. And I think that's what's hard is putting all the pieces together to find out what is real and what isn't. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's why I call myself a realist because real shit, oh, real stuff's happening to me. Sorry. Real stuff's happening to me and others. But a lot of people, it's not. So I got to find a happy medium in, in between and make it real for everybody. So that's what I'm doing. It sounds to me, Rich, when you explain <clears throat> that, that you almost sound more angry at the field and the, what it's become rather than having a, a being a realist or having that skeptical attitude of what a lot of people have. Are you angry? I'm so angry. Yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm livid. Livid. Because... I hate MUFON, hate them, hate them with a passion. And I'll tell you why. I'm not, I don't have to name any names. I don't need to do that. But the, the point is, I know that they say, I don't know if I think a government-associated uh, field. I'm not sure. I don't think they are. But whatever it is, I think that they are more disinfo than info. I think that somehow this MUFON group is a bunch of BS. They get people, regular people who want to be in the field, charge them a certain amount of money to take their test, 
And if MUFON feels you passed their test, that you're smart enough, that you can do math and you can figure out, you know, what a circle is and what a square is, that you are qualified enough to be a representative, uh, a field researcher, a reporter, more or less, of what's going on in their city. And these people have no experience at all. Barely do they even hold a camera for a wedding or, the, you know, just for fun. So they, they're getting a bunch of people that they, they, I hate that they charge a certain amount of money and take their money and then they'll be a researcher for them. Yeah, I know they give them a little bit of, of an education, but the education is getting out there and learning how to do it. Now, MUFON has a big problem because people got to start somewhere, right? You can't just – like if, if I was a detective with the police, they're not just going to hire me because I know what a dead body looks like. They want you to have years of experience and know-how and know how people lie to you in an interview and all that other stuff that goes with it, forensic evidence, trace evidence. And MUFON will just hire – you know, take you and make you a field agent. You can go out and talk to people who had these sightings without – any know-how, but they just give them the basics, you know, like the four food groups. Well, get the weather, get the witnesses' statements, do some measurements, and go home and report back to us. And then it starts out, you know, then they start learning on the field. I want MUFON to have a more reputable group of people, people with years of experience. I know they're there now, the people who've been there, but they've been corrupted. They have been turned. They have taken the real evidence and I've seen them take fake stuff and call it real and give it a name best UFO video of the year by MUFON yet I know because I was there that that guy faked that video that he altered it to make it look like a UFO when it was a car on a mountain with its lights shining on the mountain in reverse during a dust storm and he changed the contrast and I was there. I know the guy did it. I saw the car on the mountain, yet he got an award for the best video of the year by MUFON. So I emailed MUFON, told them what it was. They said, we don't like your kind. But basically, that's what they said. I'm paraphrasing. We don't like your kind. People coming in being negative on good videos. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you I was there. I saw the car on the mountain and you don't believe me. Well, can you prove it with your video? No, I didn't videotape it because it was a car. So that's that was a starting point. That was in 2004, and I learned all that. And um, that's what's triggered me into hating a lot of the, the – I don't say I hate people, but I hate how they covet fake stuff, misidentified stuff, and call it real because it benefits them. It gets people to their website. It gets people signing up. It gets them more money. It gets people to buy their t-shirts and mugs. It's all about how many people they can get to their site or how much money they can get. That is it because I know MUFON isn't supposed to be a profit organization, whatever, but somehow they are getting money. They're getting a bunch of money from people every year to take their test. And, um, it's very frustrating. And then you have another person in Mexico who is coveted as the most go-to guy in ufology is so-and-so. And, and I'm like, oh my God, that guy has more fake stuff that he shows than anybody else in the whole world. Yet people love him. 
and they they talk about him as if he's the coming of Christ. Yet this guy's a, a total fake. He's a fraud. How can you even do that? How can you uh, myself, which is what I was doing on my show for many years and still do it partially, speak up against these these people, these these groups, because it's not right to do what they're doing. They're not doing it for the love. They're doing it for attention, for money. I'm not saying everybody, but in the overall essence of what they're doing, it's that rush that people are still talking about them, that they still look at their videos, that they still buy their crap, that they still pay money, $30 a pop to watch them talk in person live. And they're BS. And you know how frustrating that is? It's me against the world. It always has been. I'm the bad guy. I'm the skeptic. I'm the debunker. I'm the disinfo guy. No, I'm the realist. I'm telling you what's really going on behind the scenes, and you don't want to hear it. Now, there are people who do follow me, who like what I do, who appreciate it. And I find those people to be pretty smart people. And I say that because I feel I'm a smart person. I'm just an average guy. I, I mean, I'm just really good at analyzing stuff because I've been doing it for so long. But I find people want to know the truth. But then there's a lot of people who like the fluff, who don't care because they're not researchers. They don't have a love. They don't have the passion for what we do. They don't care. They're not having experiences. So what do they care? Rich, why are you so angry at everybody? It, it defeats the purpose. You're hurting ufology. How? How? I say, how, how can I be hurting ufology by telling you what's going on behind the scenes? How is that bad? Because it's the way you're doing it. You're yelling, you're ranting, you're raving, you're swearing. I'm passionate. Alex Jones, I'm not as crazy as that guy, but he's more right than he is wrong. And I'm pretty much right more than I am wrong. I won't out somebody or talk about them unless I have facts. So it's not like I'm just going out there picking people and saying, hey, Joe Blow, he's a jerk off, you know, because he's faking stuff. No, I did research. I know that he lives by an airport and behind those trees, there's a, a, a runway and he thinks he's seeing UFOs in the trees. And when I called him out on it, he shut down his YouTube channel. Why? Because he's faking it. That was a win for me, but people were mad at me because I ruined their dream. People like dreaming, Dave. They like thinking everything's real. They like it. That third phase of Moon, one of the worst YouTube uh, fakers on the internet, gets thousands and maybe millions of downloads every month, that they're scripting everything and faking everything, but they don't care. They love it. They think it's entertaining. It's the WWE of ufology. And that's what it's come down to. We're now living in a world where fake news rules and fake UFO videos rule. And how do you beat that when it's me against the world? I can't, I can't win. I don't know how. But I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, keep reaching more people. And it's so freaking frustrating. I, I, and when I meet these people, I got to put on a nice face. And, but they know me. You know? They're like, I see them. They don't want to shake my hand. They don't want. They turn away. They don't want to talk to me. They think I'm going to come at them. But they have to understand. Uh, we all have a role to play. We all have to do our jobs. And if you're going to turn away from me and not shake my hand, you're hiding something. If you can't look me in the eye and shake my hand and respect me, then you have something to hide. That's how I feel. Because I met a few of these people who are in the MUFON field who are high up, and when I met them, they did not want to shake my hand. But I know they were angry and they wanted to lash out and say something, but they didn't. 
when none of us did, none of us created a scene. It's not about that. It's, it's trying to get the truth out there. And everybody has their own views, I guess. But when it comes down to following the money and following the paper trail to their agenda of just me, 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 what about me? Hear me, listen to me. It's about me. I, uh, yeah, I, that, that, that is very bad for ufology. It's so watered down with all of this bull crap. That's why I quit doing my show for a year because I, I was so angry. I couldn't even talk. So it's it just got to the point where I had to start over and figure out another angle to this. And that's where I'm at now. It's so frustrating. You have a big fan on Twitter at hashtag space out radio from Eric. He says, I love this dude. He just wants the truth and screw everything else. You know, he said this is a great rant and he wanted me to mention that to you, Rich. Hmm. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate that a lot. Feels good for once. I and, say that, and you bring up no. good, and you bring up good points. And I like the fact that you're, you're you're willing to put your reputation on the line and call some of these groups out because, in the end, whether it's someone cutting off a video, whether you know Joe Blow at home who just wants to give you the the tail section of the airplane going, and I think we're pretty easy to see that. Okay, mm-hmm. and what these other video or videos that we are seeing around the internet why do you think then rich that so many people are calling you a disinformationalist because i ruined their dream because i'm telling them something they've never heard before or i'm telling it in a way that hit hit them where they live um because i'm not here's one thing about me people may not like me but i for the most part, I think people are, after all these years, getting me. Um, a lot of people say that, um, you know, you said things that other people don't say. That's why I like listening to you. That's why I, I go to your show each week. You're actually telling me stuff I had no idea that was going on in the field. But because I'm out there meeting these people and doing the research, um, which a lot of people don't do because they don't want to or don't have the time or the love or the passion, I'm out there doing that hard work that I don't think anybody's doing. There's, I mean, I hear other people talk about, you know, negatively on stuff, but everybody says to me, you can't swear. You can't be that mad. People aren't going to follow you. And I'm like, I don't care because the people who will follow me are passionate enough about the field. They want to know what I'm saying. They want to know what's going on. And, um, that's why I think it's it's a good thing I'm doing, even though it makes people angry. Uh, you know, I can't be right on everything, Dave. I, I know that. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But I think um, I've got some people who are who turned – like, for instance, I was on some guy's show. He, he said he hated me for all these years. But then when, after a while, he says, oh, my God, Rich, the reason I wanted you on my show is because everything you said – was going to happen, happened. You were right about this guy. You were right about that group. And back then, I didn't want to listen to it. But I came to your show because I was curious what you were going to say. And everything you said, I thought was BS, but it's true. They're not credible. They're making money. They got shut down. They are in jail or whatever happened, happened. Um, so it's nice to get some, you know, some reward here years later on Things that I've been saying have been right. Because like I said before, I'm not going to out somebody. I'm not going to talk about somebody in a negative way if I don't have proof. I don't think that's fair to them. But I think it's fair that people know the truth. So 
I got to do it. I, I know it's not the most popular way to go, but I really don't care. Rich, a lot of people will say you're arrogant. A lot of people will say that you're just trying to be a bully in this field to to bring your own attention to your own name. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get that a lot. And if that was true, then why is it that um, things have turned in my favor lately? People are patting me on the back for a job well done years ago. It's taking time um, because I left a few times and you know, went away for a total of two years and didn't talk to anybody. It hurt my followers that people who were starting to jump on my bandwagon um, left, didn't know if I was coming back. But arrogant? No. Confident? Yes. Um, I don't have an agenda. The agenda is the truth. And that's what that's what people do. I mean, that's that's a real high school tactic to say, oh, yeah, he just got his, he just wants to talk to hear himself talk. Well, no, I, I actually hate the sound of my own voice. I, I don't like I don't even listen to my own shows. Um, I just feel that I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And the reason it comes out arrogant is because nobody's ever talked this way in ufology or the paranormal. Nobody's ever been so angry before week to week. Nobody's been so passionate week to week. Passionate doesn't mean you have to be loud. It doesn't mean you have to be crazy. Passionate is what makes you go. And the way I talk, maybe it's my New York upbringing, my Italian temper, whatever it is, this is the way I talk. And I get passionate. I get loud. I bang on the table. I'll smash a few things. Damn it. I'm pissed off. Aren't you going to yell when you're pissed off? Don't you ever yell? What are you, not human? I mean, give me a break. Uh, It's not arrogance. It's confidence and it's passion. I'm confident I'm not going to bring somebody's name down without proof. And I'm confident I'm right. And I'm passionate about what I'm doing is going to, to be the right voice. Yeah, I know that this whole field is filled with flowers and tree huggers and God, I love everything. And we need to get along with the aliens. We need to just be friendly and love each other. Can't we all just get along? Well, that would be great if we weren't such greedy people, if we weren't lying, if we weren't cheating, stealing, making T-shirts, mugs. I don't mind you make money, but just don't lie when you make money. Don't do it on my watch. If you want to have a, a radio show, Dave, tell the truth. Don't back fake stuff up and say it's real. And uh, if you know it's fake, say it. I don't want to see you selling anything on your website with fake UFO videos. Like I know a bunch of people have websites with fake stuff and they try to make money off it. That bothers me. So this is the way I talk. It may not be you. Maybe you're, maybe when you get angry, you whisper. You know, somebody gets in your face, you turn away. I don't. I stand up and I shout. And I make myself known because if nobody's going to listen, then you need to hear it a little louder. So I have no other way. I don't know any other way to speak. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and do, uh, you know, a, a show where, well, you know, today we have um, Jeff on. And uh, Jeff, I don't really believe what you're saying is true. I mean, can we have a civilized conversation that way? Yes. But I feel it doesn't drive the the point home. I feel that I want people to feel what I feel. I want people to 
to know how passionate I am to make ufology great again, huh? You like that, Trump? Oh, so, very nice, very nice. Yes, yes. I just want people to understand that this isn't me talking to hear myself talk. I don't make any money. I don't advertise. I don't get any Google clicks. And I don't sell T-shirts and mugs or anything else. I do it for the love. And that's the difference between you, uh, me, and other people out there. Third phase of Moon, Secure Team. Um, I can name another few sites, but um, I told you I wouldn't name names mainly tonight. But um, there are people out there who are just in it because they want to make a buck. And I don't like those people because they, they support fake UFO videos. If it looks good enough to put on their website, they're going to put it on there. And if it looks real, then good. Then they, they got more hits to their website, more T-shirts to sell. It's about passion, Dave. People need to understand the difference. That, that, that's the problem, like I was about to say. People want this lovey-dovey thing and the hippy-dippy world. That ain't me, man. I'm a city guy. I wasn't born in the country. I was born under a metal house. I, I'm here, you know, passionately speaking about the truth. If you don't like it, I don't need you. Go somewhere else. Go listen to somebody else. That's fine. You don't need to listen to me. But you know what? You're going to listen because you listened last week and the week before that because you really want to know the truth. They won't let me know, Dave. People won't let me know. I get people telling me, you know, I, I don't really like you, but you're my guilty pleasure. I download your show on my way to work. And I took that as an offensive statement at first. Then I thought about it. The guy's still listening. He's not turning me away. He just doesn't like me, but he likes what I'm saying. So it's interesting to hear people say that. That's what keeps me going is hearing that every now and then. Like Eric said, he likes what I'm doing. He likes the rant. Well, call it a rant, but I'm just speaking from the heart. It's so frustrating. I know that when, I, when, um, when I've been on other shows and people will ask me, and, and I, you know, you got a psychic here next to you, you got somebody who's been an abductee, and somebody asks you, do you believe in psychics? And I say no. Do you know how much balls that takes to say no when you got a psychic sitting next to you? Yet I say, I don't believe in psychics, but let me tell you why. And then I'll tell you why I don't, because nobody's ever broken my code for the truth with the psychic. Nobody's ever figured out what makes me tick. It's so easy, Dave. They should be able to pick it up as soon as they meet me. And yet not one psychic over the years has ever done that. So not to get into psychics, but this is why I have a problem. Are are you going to be mad at me when I have spaced out radio t-shirts going? No, because you're doing it for the love of it. You have passion. You're here to drive, drive home the truth and interview people with stories and, and if you if you lie, Dave, I will find you. <laughs> Center ice at the empty Phoenix Coyotes Arena, my friend. Yeah, empty to put your blood on every seat. Uh, I'll would, take you. <laughs> no, it, would, it wouldn't be the first time I've spilled blood on the ice. That's okay. I, I get that. I was, <laughs> was going to do a taken rant. I know. Uh, you, you know what, my friend? I think everybody hears your passion, and everybody really accepts the fact that you want to try and clean it up. And the only way you could clean it up is by calling out whom you feel, with proof, as you said, is actually causing these issues but it's not just those groups it's the people behind those groups rich who are sitting in front of a computer downloading some sort of video creating some sort of cgi and let's face it 
they are the ones in behind this. Who do you think is doing that? Do you think it's the government putting out these disinformation videos? Do you think it's people who who just don't believe and they want to see if they could pull one over on the uh, field of ufology? Who do you think is creating all of these scam videos? Well, it's hard to tell, but I think it's the latter. I think people are just regular people who want to see what they can get away with. You know, they had that Haiti video. Uh, if you remember a few years ago where they showed a, a Haiti invasion and then the palm trees were all the same and the background didn't match up properly and the light wasn't going through the leaves properly. It was a really good fake, um, but people loved it. Had the most downloads ever. Um, that was just done by some guy who can make videos, you know, like a like a video editor. Shoot, I can do that. Uh, I never will because then it'll kill my credibility for everything I've ever worked up to. But it's not that hard nowadays with the software they have. Um, you can make anything on uh, – I, th- I just think it's people. I don't think the government needs to do it, Dave. I think people are doing enough of it to ruin ufology and water it down. I get that, but there are so many of those videos out there. Out of, say, 100 videos, how many do you think are real? Ninety-nine and a half are not real. I believe it's less. I believe it's half a percent are real. If that. Think about it. Every day on the Internet, on I I go to several websites regularly because they post daily UFO videos. How can there be that many UFOs flying around in our skies every day? How can there be? I mean, there could be, but people are catching them on video every day, about 50 UFO videos a day. Come on, man. There's not that. It's not like that. If there's – think about it. Over the years, people – we've had cameras for years, but not, not to this extent. Everybody who has a cell phone has a camera now. But so with six and a half billion cameras out there, and you're going to see – people faking stuff or misidentifying things. And you can tell what the fakes are if you know how to look for it. Some of them you can't, but out of 100, 99 and a half aren't real. I know that sounds weird, but it's more than 99%. That's a pretty bold statement that you think there's that much fakery going on. Do you think it's fakery or do you think it's just people not knowing what they are filming? Yeah, people don't know what they're filming. Yeah, people don't know. Um, that, you know like every day there's uh, orbs in the sky, you know, these orange lights, like the Phoenix lights, for instance. Um, people are seeing these lights everywhere. But if you speed up the video, all you have to do is speed it up. And if the person has the camera steady enough, you can see that these orbs or these flares or Chinese lanterns are slowly descending in the same rate of speed at an angle, and then all of a sudden they just dim out, flicker out. Yeah, come on. I mean, all you got to do is speed it up. That's how I debunk stuff a lot of the times, believe it or not. You just speed it up because a lot of times the, the video is too far away. You can't get you know good uh, evidence to, to change it or whatever you, know, you do with your software. Um, but you can just speed up a video times two. And you can see the true movement of that if they're not moving and it's a steady video. Yeah, I mean, we see these every day, these orb videos. Then then we see the ones that I've uh, got a disc on video. These are popular, but it's 
like a duck or a bird in flight, and it's going by. I didn't see it when I took the picture. Of course you didn't. You weren't focusing on that. It flew by at an incredible rate of speed. That's why it's blurry. That's why it's out of focus. It's a bird with its, its uh, you know, tucked in, get, trying to get full velocity, or a duck, whatever. I mean, those are easy to debunk. And these, but, yeah, I mean, they're all over. Huh? Yep. But, Rich, have you become so fickle over this that maybe you're looking for what's wrong rather than what could be right? Nope. I look for what's right first. I, I'm like everybody else. I'm excited when I see a UFO video. But because I've been doing it so long, as soon as I see it, I go, damn, another fake. I can't believe this. Or another misidentification. It doesn't take long for me to figure it out because I've been doing it so long. I don't think I am um, that negative or that down or thickle that I can't tell the difference because I don't want to. It's kind of like the reverse, right? I know what you're saying. Like People want to believe so badly that they're seeing a UFO that that is a UFO to them, even though it's not. Well, I'm not doing the opposite. I'm trying to find out why it's fake to make it real. And I can't. And when I get to that point, I, I just another fake. It's frustrating. And do, do you really think, Dave, that out of all the videos out there, that it's more than that? Because people have always I said, do. oh, it's five percent of the videos out there are legit. I don't think. I think. It's I, I don't less. think. I, I don't think it's it's a high number. Okay, because no. we don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people staring up at the skies. They don't know their air traffic patterns around their local airports or the airport 100 kilometers away or 62 miles or whatever it is, right? They don't know. They're not following. They don't know. I mean, every year, how many videos of a UFO were filmed and it's the International Space Station that may be having a rocket trail it in the background? You know, there's a lot of that going on, Rich. And I understand. I don't think out of 100 videos, I don't think that 20 or even 30% of them are are real. You know, they could probably be disseminated somehow. But I think it's a hell of a lot more than half a percentage. Wow. You think there's that many people catching UFOs on video? So we're having an invasion every day. Absolutely. Think about it. If they, can, here if, the, if they can travel billions of miles to get here, I don't think they're sending just one little rover over to go check out the volcanoes on the Pacific Northwest or, or you know, how many fans are in the Arizona Coyotes hockey rink because they're not going to find anybody. Why do you got to go there? Because I, I'm, <laughs> you, you've, got, you, you've got my blood pressure going here, and I love it. But... You know, uh, maybe I should call them the Seattle Metropolitans. Ooh, ooh, that stings. But either way, <laughs> either way, I think there is more people out there that are catching it. Now, out of those, out of say, I, and I'm saying my number, I will say 5 to 10%. I will give it that much credit. I will. But out of that 5 to 10%, when we think of the word UFO, that means it's unidentified. Unidentified, pardon me. Okay, how many of those are government aircraft, the TR-3Bs? Who knows if these triangles that you even filmed are not government-issued aircraft? We don't know. They're still unidentified oh. flying objects. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And my point, what, what I want, when I think of UFO, I think everybody thinks of aliens, too. I think... 
That's what we're thinking of. So when I'm thinking UFOs, I'm thinking aliens. I'm not thinking of the government. So when I say I think it's less than 1%, I'm thinking less than 1% that it's alien spacecraft because that's what we're really getting to. We're not, we don't care about the government craft, even though they are mixed in there. But they, they have their own places to fly. They're not going to fly over a major city in case it malfunctions and crashes and kills people. They're not going to fly it well, you know, near the, the beach or over a populated area. They're just not. I mean, our government's stupid, but they're not that dumb to put people's lives – well, I'm going to take that back. Um, but, um, when it comes to UFO or, or uh, craft of that nature, I don't think that would, they would be in the middle of a place where they can be videotaped. They got enough places they can fly where nobody can see them. And if, inter- inter- if, if aliens were here, I don't think they need to even get into the atmosphere to look around. If they have that type of technology and they're millions of years ahead of us, let's just even say 100,000 years ahead of us, which is nothing in the grand scheme of the universe. Even if they're that more advanced than we are, they can see us from the moon if they wanted to, which is – Personally, I think they're there already. I think we've already got UFOs in the oceans. I think we've got them on the moon. See, so I can jump from being a skeptic because when it gets personal and people are trying to fake stuff for money, that's where I get angry. But when you talk about what's really going on behind the scenes, UFOs have been here for thousands of years, I believe. Uh, You can go back um, and look at the structures they're finding out. They're finding buried in the sand. Uh, now 15, 20, maybe 30,000-year-old stuff with writing on it, animals and some sort of, uh, you know, way to, to follow stars and, and the planets. So we're digging up more evidence than we know what's out there that we'll never find out the truth, which is frustrating. Um, but Jesus, Dave, I don't think we're having that many UFOs flying in our, in our, in our uh, airspace. I just don't. It doesn't make sense. Why would they? Why would they risk it? Well, if we walked up to an anthill, what are they going to do about it? I mean, you've heard that analogy a million times. I mean, we, we don't care about an anthill. We'll step on them and ruin their whole city because we can. Well, they can too, but they're not. Um, maybe they're watching us all these years because they can. And they're just scientists. Who knows? Maybe they created us. Maybe they're the Anunnaki. Who knows? I want to get to a question here from Mario because we only got about uh, a minute and a half here, but I do want to try and squeeze it in. He says, what markers do you use, Richard, to know that some of these alien stories are fabricated? Basically, how do you know if they are lies? That's a great question. Well, that goes back to when I was in college and I was uh, taking a course and learning psychology and uh, why people lie and my own personal edu- educating myself on you know why people how people lie why people lie um the micro fractures in their face um when they tell a story how are they using their words um because you can't see a lot of these people we interview um when i ask somebody something and they reply a certain way you can tell they're lying. And it, it, there's a lot of different factors that come into it. I'm almost a natural at it. I've come to find out that I have a good BS meter. Um, but also you can tell, you can ask certain questions to somebody. And if they answer it a certain way, 
almost immediately you know that they're not telling the truth or that they are telling the truth because there is a certain um there is a certain uh, guideline that you can follow if you listen to travis walton to the allagash twins uh to certain people who had real abduction scenarios there are certain things that are similar in each one of their stories on how they were treated what happened to them in the process um it's just the way the story's told and what they're saying. So it's kind of like, you know, being a human lie detector, basically. And on that note, Rich, I'm going to get you to hold on here because we are moments away from our break at the top of the hour. We are talking with ufologist Rich Giordano tonight on Spaced Out Radio. He's a good one. Skepticism 101, the big Arizona Coyotes fan going at center ice with old Davey here talking about everything under the sun that's flashing us we're gonna get more to ufos and everything else right after this with rich and you just sit tight and listen we'll be right back with hour number three right after this the sor sightlines is a place for you to find answers to your strange experiences hi there this is mike schmidt If you have had an encounter with ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, ETs, or anything else that doesn't make sense, head to spacedoutradio.com and file a Sightlines report. All information you give is 100% confidential, and I will personally help you find the answers you need. SOR Sightlines. Your answers are a click away. Have you got your Cosmic Passport? If you need one, tune in to Cosmic Passport on Spaced Out Weekend. This is Elizabeth Anglin, ET experiencer, spirit medium, and host of Cosmic Passport. Each weekend, I'll be bringing you interviews and support from other paranormal experiencers and the best in intuitive spiritual guidance from across the globe. It's all happening starting at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, midnight Eastern, on spacedoutradio.com. Hi there. I'm Butch Wachowski, lead investigator with U4COP. On the final Monday of every month, you can listen to me and host Dave Scott on Spaced Out Radio's Strange Days. We're going to get to the heart of the matter when it comes to what's happening out there. People are seeing and experiencing things from ET contact to Bigfoot, and I want to hear about it. Your experiences are what we investigators need to help solve these unknown mysteries. So tune in at spacedoutradio.com to the final Monday of every month from Butch Wachowski's Strange Days. Visit purpleplates.com today. For over 40 years, the Purple Energy Plates have been delivering amazing results for their many customers. Inspired by the great genius Nikola Tesla, the harmony, healing, and energetic effects of the plates have proven over and over to be beneficial and often miraculous to thousands of customers. With their money-back guarantee and the many benefits, how can you afford not to get one? Check their site for daily specials and choose from their many energy products. You won't be sorry. Visit them today at purpleplates.com for mind, body, and spirit, and expect a miracle. This is your medium, Joanna, from Spaced Out Weekend, Two Mediums and a Large. I would love it if you would come and join us with host James Tyson every other Sunday on Spaced Out Weekend. Together, we will take your calls and your questions live. Our goal is to provide you with a positive outlook on deep questions that you may have, questions regarding love, relationships, money, or whatever else is on your mind. Come and check us out at spacedoutradio.com. This is Eric Markham, news editor for Spaced Out Radio's The Encounter Online. 
We have put together a great team of writers and journalists from all over the world to bring you top-quality paranormal stories. From alien encounters to the latest conspiracies, you won't find any of that fake news here. True stories and top-notch reporting as we look to bring these experiences to the mainstream. The Encounter, online, only at spacedoutradio.com. Patrolling the Pacific Northwest, we are always on the lookout for the strange and unassuming stories that real people are experiencing. Hi, I'm Vincent Zunza from Pacific North Weird. Me and Alexandra Sullivan have teamed to bring to you those odd stories that never seem to make it into the mainstream. Stories so weird that we'll leave you scratching your head wondering, is this real? It's as real as it gets with Pacific North Weird. You can watch our videos right here at spacedoutradio.com. Become more intimate and interactive with Spaced Out Radio. Join our Space Travelers Club with your new membership. For $5 a month, we'll provide you with special access to the website, monthly prize draws from books to psychic readings, along with monthly newsletter, private interviews, and more. Sign up today to be part of Spaced Out Radio's experience. Looking for a place to advertise at a very reasonable cost? Look no further than Spaced Out Radio. SpacedOutRadio.com has an advertising tab that you can click to check out our daily, weekly, and monthly packages to play on the radio, or our website including social media. From commercial spots to banners, we have it all. Check out our competitive pricing today. Don't have time to listen to Spaced Out Radio Live? Wherever you are, the car, the office, the shower, or even if you're traveling, we're right here for you. Each Spaced Out Radio show can be found on iTunes, TuneIn, and on our YouTube channel, Spaced Out Radio Show. It's the perfect way for you to catch up on our shows. For more information, just head over to our website, spacedoutradio.com, and tune in to us today. You hear footsteps in the empty room above you. A rocking chair begins rocking by itself. Don't be afraid of the things that go bump in the night. Reach for Spirit Story Box. The iPhone app the Huffington Post UK called the only ghost hunting app you will ever need. Spirit Story Box. The spirits are telling their stories. Are you listening? Strange creatures lurking in the night, the sounds of wood knocking in the forest, odd happenings right out of a fictional world. These are the reports I love. Hi there, this is author Ronald Murphy, and I would love it if you join me and Spaced Out Radio host Dave Scott the second Wednesday of every month on our journey into the unknown land of cryptozoology at spacedoutradio.com. From Mothman to Frogman and everything in between, hey, they don't call me the crypto guru for nothing. Did you know that Spaced Out Radio runs seven days a week? Hi, it's James Tyson from Spaced Out Weekend. Every Saturday and Sunday night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, you can join me and my guests for some great chatter about what's going on out in the universe or even in that dark part of the basement you really don't want to go back into. Well, let's find the answers to your experiences together. So come on up to Uncle Jimbo's cabin on the weekend. For more information, look us up at spacedoutradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by tonight's guest and topic of discussion do not necessarily represent the official policy or position of Spaced Out Radio, Spaced Out Weekend, Spaced Out Radio Limited, its hosts, syndicated carriers, 
or anyone associated with this broadcast. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and hashtag Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the final hour of Space Out Radio tonight. I am your host, Dave Scott. Good to have you with us. Tomorrow night on the program, we get back into the paranormal. Ghosts of the Great White North. We have Mike Morin coming in from the Canadian Paranormal Investigations, and we're going to talk about the hauntings in Edmonton, Alberta. Yes, there are ghosts everywhere in Canada, and we're getting into it tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern time at spacedoutradio.com. We want to welcome in our terrestrial radio stations, WQEE 99 Rock the Key down in Noonan, Georgia. We are also live in New Orleans on 107.7 FM, the United Public Radio Network, broadcasting to over 160 countries around the world. Good to have you with us as well. We are also live in Las Vegas on Renegade Talk Radio. We're live on KTLK, the Fringe FM. And if you're listening in on Revolution Radio, remember the Double R Machine is a donation station financed by you, the valued listener. Head on over to freedomslips.com and donate today. Bill Cardwell's wife, Katie, set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Tafrogenesis. Tafrogenesis is your password. Make sure you use it wisely because Bill and Katie set the password each and every night right here on the mighty SOR. Hey, if you want to follow us on social media during the show, head over to Twitter. We're at Spaced Out Radio. You can also use the hashtag Spaced Out Radio to get your question and comments to me as well live during the show really appreciate you taking the time give our facebook page a like spaced out radio show tune us in on tune in download this show and others on itunes we're also on radioguide.fm talk stream live and on stitcher our website is spacedoutradio.com where we have a plethora of features for you including joining the sor space travelers club for just five bucks a month we are also having the encounter online, our paranormal news section. And if you head over to patreon.com for a dollar a month, you can become a patron of Spaced Out Radios. Tonight we're talking UFO skepticism. Are we in contact? Rich Giordano joins us down from Arizona. He's an independent researcher. We're having a lot of fun with Rich tonight. Welcome back, bud. Thanks for having me. Having fun. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Let's get to some questions from our audience first and foremost. Eric wants to know, recently the Chilean military released a video of from a helicopter of what looked to be one of those rods that seemed to be spraying chemicals. Did you see that video, and what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I remember that. That was a couple of months ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Well, first of all, rods aren't what you think they are. Let me just tell you, rods are insects that aren't in focus. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, you can compare what that was on video to be a rod, but that was an actual, well, I don't know what it was, Dave. Um, to this day, the video wasn't good enough for me to say it was a UFO. Of course it's unidentified, but it was spraying out some stuff. So I don't know if it was a helicopter that was just a little bit out of focus with that kind of video. It wasn't clear. 
I think it was on FLIR, like the forward-looking infrared. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yeah, that was a strange one. I, I have no answer, to be honest. I've never seen anything like it. So that can go up on that uh, unknown line, you know, in between. Rich, we, we always tend to think that disclosure has to happen in the United States in order for it to be true disclosure. Yet we have smaller countries like Chile who are showing what they have and what they know in the videos that are coming out. Is disclosure, in your opinion, already here, or does it have to be the United States in order to make it worldwide? No. Of course, uh, Americans are really... uh, We're arrogant, I have to admit. I mean, we just want it to be here, but I don't think it has to be here. It can be anywhere. It can be in the smallest nation on the world, but uh, if aliens make themselves present and disclosure is there, then <laughs> hell, that's good enough for me. Um, but a lot of people want it to be here. I don't, to, for me, I don't care where it happens, but no, it, it doesn't have to happen in the United States for it to be a credible experience for, for the whole world to know that it's really happening. It can happen anywhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. Let's get to a question from Joyce, and she is asking, Do you think, Rich, the ability to witness the paranormal is progressive? First, a person must accept the concept that paranormal exists. Then many types present themselves in ways an individual can process and not freak out. What's your opinion? You know, it can happen a number of ways. I I like that question because that's how it was for me. It started off slowly, but surely, uh, you know, seeing something here and there. Um, yeah, you know, when it, when it comes to, uh, the paranormal, you actually need to sit back. Like, uh, you always see these people like on these, uh, these ghost shows, they're like, well, I believed it, but my husband says, oh, it's just an old house. It's creaking. It's settling. It's creaking and settling after 90 years. It's still creaking and settling. Um, but then you have to have to have their own experience. It starts out that when you have your own experience, and another one, and then all of a sudden you can't make sense of what it is that's happening over and over again, you have to sit back and accept it. And then once you accept it and open up your mind a little bit, the rest will flood and you will see things you never thought were possible and your your whole belief system will shatter and you'll become a different person. That's what happened to me. That's what happens to most everybody, I think. Because I I was never a skeptic, but I was a hard believer. I was always like, oh, yeah, yeah, another UFO show. With the, but, uh, you know, they're not showing us anything. How do we know that's not fake? Until you see it yourself. Yeah, everything she said is right, I believe, spot on. So, yeah, that, that's my opinion on that. I, I can't waver at all. That, that's exactly true. Claudia, not everybody. Claudia but, has yeah. a question for you. And she is asking, it seems movies are always a step ahead of mainstream thinking. It just seems movies prepare people for what's coming in the future. Even when covers or the movies cover alien abductions or all sci-fi movies about aliens. Does this not seem like, or pardon me, does this seem like it's an accident? What is your thoughts? You know, yeah, I've thought about that a long time. We discussed it a, quite a few times that um, the things that we see in in the movies and TV shows eventually become true. Is it uh, the, the 
chicken or the egg or the egg or the chicken, you know, what happened first is, <laughs> well, a lot of, from what I've heard and, and what I've ex- not experienced, but from what I've learned over the years is that Hollywood is really infiltrated with the government. Like they, they almost work hand in hand together. I guess the government or the FCC or whatever it is that makes sure movies aren't, uh, you know, X rated, they get the right rating. They're edited properly. I think that they somehow allow certain things to be put in movies that eventually become true. Because if you look back at Star Trek, they had cell phones that, you know, doors that opened up and shut automatically. Um, you know, the, the virtuality rig goggles. Uh, so you could even think that the government is, is helping these movies go forward. You know, like with close encounters of the third kind, one of the best movies of all time. Um, they actually had J. Allen Hynek, who was one of the biggest UFO skeptics turn, uh, you know, believer. He worked on that movie and gave Steven Spielberg uh, a reality that he never knew existed. And that's why that movie was so good, because a lot of it followed the reality that's going on in, in, in abductions and sightings and whatnot. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind that's when you actually see an alien. So that's what earlier, a couple of hours ago, somebody asked what that was. So Close Encounters of the Third Kind is seeing an alien. Um, yeah, I think that they do let us get bits and pieces, like the movie Arrival. If anybody's seen that snoozer, good, it was an okay movie, but it was slow. But it was about how, you know, writing a certain way or deciphering another language from an alien species can actually help you in your life. I, I don't understand the movie 100%, but um, it was a, a way that writing in a language was a perfect form. And you could even predict the future and go back in the past if you know how to use it properly. So is that something that's going to happen in the not-too-distant future? Who knows? But are those creatures in that movie Arrival a reality check on what's really out there that we don't even know exists? Is it part of an alien? Who knows? But I believe we get glimpses of reality in our movies. I don't know how they get there, but they do. Eric is asking, what is your opinion then about the Roswell crash versus the Russian Roswell that happened around the same time? Think they were real events? Well, Roswell really happened. Uh, the Russian one, I'm not too sure because I've heard so many different stories on that Russian one. I don't know what to believe. Uh, the video looks good. The clothing in the video matched up to the time. Um, but you got such a close-up view of the UFO that it, it was too good to be true. Roswell, our own government, our military said we have a, a, a UFO. We captured a UFO. We have a UFO, a crashed UFO. How could they make such a mistake if it wasn't real? And I thought about that. I'm thinking, well, maybe the rancher said, oh, it looks like a UFO. And then the word got back that, yeah, the guy said he saw a UFO. Breaking news, we got a UFO. You know, So maybe it was like that game telephone. You start out with the truth and it becomes non-truth. Or you start out with a lie and it becomes the truth. You know, The story gets muddied up somehow. Um, I think if the Russian one is real, 
holy smokes. I mean, everything's right there in front of your face. And end of story. Disclosure right there. But um, I think that that's too good to be true. So Roswell's real. I believe Roswell was something. I don't know if it was a UFO. But if our government said it, does it mean it's true? No. But why retract it in such a way and threaten people and have all these secrets and hide evidence if it was just a balloon? It doesn't make sense. Why? Because it was a spy balloon? Well, I don't know about that either. So anyway, that's my thought. Ron wants to know, what do you believe, Rich, the Vatican is aware of when it comes to UFOs? Are they waiting and watching for contact? Oh, well, the the Vatican, the Christians, my goodness. Um, I believe they know the truth already. Honestly, this is just my opinion. I believe they already know. Either, because if you go back and look at some of these paintings of the Madonna with the UFO and other things where people are pointing up and seeing a disc-shaped object or balls in the sky, I mean, we've all seen these art that from that era, you know, back a couple thousand years ago, whatever. But yeah, I think the Vatican knows, man. And I don't think they're going to tell us anything. Believe it or not, if disclosure happens, I think it's going to happen there. Talk about strange, but I think that's where it'll be. Well, the Catholic Church has been very, very open and public about it since Pope Francis took over. I know, which is very strange. Yeah, yeah, you said it. Um, Why all of a sudden? Is it possible that we're getting to the point that we're so conditioned to believe that most of us believe that, uh, you know, aliens are real, that we're finding all these planets now um, that are closer than we thought, that may have life on it? Uh, You can't deny the science. You can't deny that there's probably billions of planets with millions of different you know, species on them. It, it, it can't be wrong. I, I think the universe is so big. There's got to be other life out there. I think they've been here for thousands of years. Somehow they're involved with humanity. And I don't know how. I don't, nobody knows, I don't think, unless our governments know. But how do you keep that a secret all these years? You think a president, if that was true, would say, yeah, we know on his deathbed it's, it really is real. I met with an alien. You know, nobody's ever coming out on their deathbed and saying any of that. I don't know, man. It's it's a hard secret to keep. I think somebody would crack under pressure. And so far, nobody's coming out that would think that, you know, like a president, ex-president or from another nation even saying this. I don't know. It's it's a great mystery, man. That's what keeps me going. That's why I'm in this thing. I want to know the truth. But I think, yeah, I think they're here already. Well, I mean, the big interesting fact for me in the Vatican is the fact that not everybody is allowed in their vaults. And they're, if they do allow someone from the public, whether it's a researcher, scientist, historian, whatever it is, they only have certain sections of their library vaults that are open to certain people. And you're only allowed to research what you want in a confined room. You're not allowed to wander around. And I find that very intriguing on what could be hiding in 
the Vatican or behind the Vatican walls in regards to ufology. I think they know a heck of a lot more than what they believe or what they are saying. I find it very interesting that they now have this Lucifer Catholic telescope in the deserts of the United States looking for extraterrestrial contact and life on other planets. This is something they are taking very seriously. So does that mean we're closer to actually having the truth come out? Or does this mean that they're just trying to be another disinformation, maybe like a lot of people call MUFON, such as yourself, or NASA, or SETI, or something along those lines? Well, I mean, if you go back and look at the Mayans and see the the little figurines that uh, they found, you know, in their temples and whatnot, uh, they show UFOs. They show men in spacesuits, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I don't know, David. Um, I think they're already here. Like I said before, I I think what's going on, and I I, I waver on this a lot. I think we are the aliens ourselves. I think somehow, because if you look at these little figurines from a couple thousand years ago, they look like people in in a spacesuit, and they're even carrying little bags, like a oxygen bag or whatever, a backpack even. And it makes me think, well, did we somehow find a Stargate or a, a portal where we can go back in time or go wherever we want, and we actually met up? With the Mayans, and they just made these figurines out of us from today. So you can go another step and even say different dimensions, but we'd be here another three hours. Um, I, I really don't know, Dave. Uh, I think they're already here. Um, ma'am, did I did I not get your question again? I'm I'm sorry. I was thinking of something to say, and I lost track. What was your question? <laughs> well, it, it was more along the lines of we were talking about the telescope. That they oh, yeah. that the Catholics, uh, the Roman Catholic Church has in the desert near where you are, I believe it's in New Mexico actually, which is still closer to where you are than where I am, and many of us are. But staring up in the stars, trying to prove the existence of life out in space, and that's yeah, where and- that's where I'm thinking that they must know something. And for them to put up that high powered of a telescope. I don't think they're just looking just to see if they see anything. They could be using a heck of a lot more technology than that. Example, the Hubble. But what are they watching? Are they watching what is happening on the moon? Are they watching certain stars? Or do they have it pointed at certain, say, motherships up in the in the solar system somewhere above the Van Allen belt or somewhere along there? Like, what are they staring at? That's what I want to know. Well... Uh, wait until next year when they re- when they um, put the James Webb telescope in outer orbit in the coldest coldest part uh, away from Earth's atmosphere where it's so cold that they actually had to build it to reflect sunlight to keep it warm and also protect it from getting too hot. So they want to keep it really cold and not make sure the thing malfunctions. That they're putting it so far out there, Dave. I don't know where it is, but it's past the Van Allen belt. It's that far. It's like halfway to the moon type of deal. And this telescope is supposed to see what Hubble can't. 
So not only are we going to look deeper into space, but we're going to probably, instead of seeing 14.2 billion years ago, we're probably going to see 25 billion years ago. So we're going to go that much further to the beginning of when the Big Bang supposedly happened. So that telescope is going to even do things we never dreamed of. It's going to show us things nothing has ever been seen before. Oh, my God, I can't wait. It's already delayed two years, but it's on track to be released next August. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait. Sounds oh like a, God, sounds like a Guns N' Roses album. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. God, I'm still waiting. <laughs> ten years, almost ten years since Chinese democracy already. Son of a gun. <laughs> who am I? Who am I? That's just going to go off on a different tangent. Rich, let's let's focus in then, as we only got about 35 minutes left with you. Let's focus in then on people who are having contact then. Now, you and I have talked a lot about the contact I have had. You've ta- investigated, and I think you've had contact yourself, as you mentioned in the first hour. Are you buying then that a lot of people out there are having contact, both of the benevolent and malevolent nature? Well, I buy into it, not because of my experiences, but because of all the the same stories that people are telling, the ones that are really having the experiences, they all talk without knowing each other, saying almost verbatim what's happening to them. Um, even people who don't have any technology that they, they are not able to research this stuff have contact and they draw a picture of what they seen and it's a gray alien. My God, they're seeing it and they don't even know what we talk about here in the States or anywhere else in the world. Yet here in this little tribal community, they talked about the aliens and they landed with a disc-shaped craft and three of them came out and talked to them without moving their lips while they were awake. And uh, there was a, a story with school children uh, back in the 80s, I believe, where they all saw these aliens land in the field and they talked to them without moving their mouths and they separated the kids and interviewed them all, told them to draw what they saw and they all drew the same thing. And they were all spoken to telepathically. How can you deny that as alien, not being alien visitation? And then the abductions, my God, thousands and thousands of people being abducted. I used to ask the question, well, why are they still abducting people if they've been here for thousands and thousands of years? What do they need to keep doing all this research for? Well, same reason I'm doing my research, you know, to, to find more out, to maybe enhance, enhance things, to learn how our bodies change, learn how diseases are taking over our bodies. You know, maybe it helps their their planet. Maybe it helps them exist. Maybe they need our body parts. Maybe they're high making hybrids. I mean, we know the stories are out there. Women getting their uh, pregnant for weeks, and then all of a sudden they're not pregnant anymore without having, you know, what do they call it when they lose a baby? Uh, what do they call that when they lose their baby, Dave? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, anyway, yeah. So they have their the, the baby taken out of their bodies. And these are, are women that are doctors, you know, lawyers. These aren't just people living, you know, by themselves, making up stories. These are from credible people who have a lot to lose. I think, uh, yeah, I think something 
something is probably happening. We'll never understand. I don't think we can understand what they're doing. I don't think they'll let us understand. But after all these years, there's got to be some sort of, well, I don't know, man. Um, They do talk to us telepathically. We've learned that. I mean, uh, what I had and happened to me, um, that must have been telepathic. You may have had that happen to you. I think you said that was, you know, when you said uh, you heard them speak, right, in your house? Absolutely. Heard it speak. Um, by, by the way, yeah. we're getting we're getting uh, ripped by all the ladies over the word miscarriage. Oh, see, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. Me either. Sorry. Well, we're guys, man. I mean, I haven't used that word in a long time, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. That's a typical guy for you. Um, yeah, man. Uh, something's happening, Dave, and I, and I believe in the next 20 years we'll have an answer. I don't know if we will or not, and I'm not really uh, in, into getting into the whole disclosure type thing. We already kind of touched on that. But when it comes to these alien abductions, you know one of the things I have noticed, Rich, and is this. And I've talked to a lot of researchers about this, and the best reaction I got was from a gentleman named uh, Victor Vigiani in Toronto, who's a Canadian ufologist, works c- closely with Grant Cameron. Oh, yeah. One of the things that I've noticed is we, we tend to see in the United States people who come out publicly about their abductions, and I would say eight out of every ten are absolutely nightmarish. We see it in movies, we see it in in journalism stories online, and it is scary. It is not, you know, it's not something we would wish on our worst enemies. Yet, from what I have studied up here, and by no means is my statistics accurate by any point. Yes, the negative experiences happen up here. I've had them myself. I know others who have. But for the most part, from what I have learned, Canadian people who are having experiences seem to be a little bit more benevolent. And I attribute that in thinking about this, and once again, nothing scientific here, just straight Dave opinion. I attribute it to the fact that we're not a military country. We're not an import country. We're an export nation. You know, we import our phones. We import our military hardware. We import everything and we export all of our resources therefore on the big map if you're looking at the alien side we really have nothing to offer besides really good beer hockey you know moose in my backyard and a lot of snow and some northern lights and the women interesting take yeah so i'm wondering if if you have ever noticed anything like that in your research or have thought about looking along those lines? No, I mean, that's an excellent thought. Yeah, I never even uh, put that together that, you know, the abductees in uh, the States here compared to all around the world. But in Brazil, they've had horrible experiences with uh, abductions. Horrible. Um, Japan, same thing. They've had some awful experiences with abductions. I Well, again, they are... Uh, militarized of course Um, but why would it be just because we have something to offer means that we made a deal with the aliens where they can do 
harsher things during these experiences? Or is it maybe that the, every time they put someone under, that maybe it's not taking, maybe the, the more somebody's abducted, the less that uh, anesthesia works and the more they remember and the more they're seeing. I'm not sure, but um, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd like to look into that to see if a more militarized nation has bad abduction scenarios than non. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. It is something to look into because I think there is something to it. I really do Hmm. believe there is something to that. And like I said, I have no scientific proof. It's just... You know, you start adding one plus one together, you get two. And it keeps building from there. And I know other people are starting to look at that as well to see if there are differences in other countries like that. So when you hear of abductions happening, and yes, they are taking us, they're taking people against their will, whether it's benevolent or malevolent, do you think, you know, that the aliens know any better? Or that's just the way it's done, rather than just walking up to you on the street and saying, "Hey, want to come for a ride?" No, it's business. It's it's just business. It's not personal. Just like when we tag an animal or a shark, you know, uh, we're 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 going to do what we have to do. We're going to dart them. We're going to knock them out. We're going to tag them and then release them, and they'll wake up feeling groggy, like they were hit over the head, get a bad headache. Um, but why should they care? They don't care. It's just business. I've never that's heard all. it put that way. <laughs> really? Uh, okay, yeah, well, that's what I think. I've always thought about it that way, that they're just doing a job. I actually think that uh, the greys that do most of this work are not even alive. I think they're they're actually, you know, robots. Maybe that's why. Like the artificial maybe that's intelligence. Why, yeah, and that's why they can talk to us without moving their mouths, because it, maybe it's just a speaker. Or maybe they can tap into your brainwaves somehow, and that's why there's no mouth. There's no emotions. But then again, some people have seen these grays with extreme detail where they blink and their mouths do move, and they even have some hair, you know, on their chin or on the top of their head. Um, so it, I guess it, maybe they're both. I don't know. Or maybe they're part robot, part alive i mean that's where we're heading that's where our the the if you go a thousand years into the future we've already have we already have robotics we have bionics even you know hands people with the legs you know you you, imagine where we are now but go go a hundred years into the future not a thousand hundred years half of our body can be put together you lose a limb they're going to put another one on you and it'll be better than ever shit we uh, shoot Sorry, we can put a heart inside our body. You know, we can do that. Um, you can replace limbs. People have the hands that move, you know, like Luke Skywalker. Not perfectly, but they're there. So maybe those aliens that are thousands and thousands of years ahead of us, you know, they have that perfected where they can, you know, make themselves half and half. They can live a long time. What do you think then, Rich, what do you think then about, there's a couple of books out there, one from Russia and one from the United States, about all these different species that have visited planet Earth. One's supposed to be from the KGB, the other one's supposed to be from the NSA or CIA. 
what is your opinion of those? I'm not too sure. Um, I never read them really. I just know of them. But are you asking me what I what do I think about them saying that there's a a lot of different species? Well, do you think they're authentic? Do you think people are having experiences with creatures that look like mantids or reptilians or or humanoid of some way? Well, I can't say yes or no, man. It's it's kind of an unfair question, but uh, you know, because I always do things as as a researcher's point of view. If it happens to me, then it's happening, type of deal, you know. So, but if I if I step out of outside of my own body and think about that for a second, I would have to think that it is possible. I think that, but fifty three. I think there was something where they said there's fifty three different species of aliens. Well, maybe we are, Dave. Maybe they are in our atmosphere every day. Maybe it is an invasion, if that's the case. Um, I don't know. I would I would say there's a few species, but not not that many. I don't know, man. I, I think some people exaggerate to make it a, a better sell, you know, for their book. So maybe there's a a fine line between reality and and not reality. It's hard and, to say since I didn't I can, read them. No, and I can understand that. And, you know, it does seem like a, a very big sci-fi book. I have read the KGB one. And it's funny because they pick these really weird places. And not weird places. I, I shouldn't use that term. They These places on Earth that you wouldn't expect these species to be last seen. Because on a lot of the species in the KGB book, which I highly suggest you check out, just for your own research, whether you buy it or not, yeah, you don't have to. Just all you got to do is Google. Anybody out there can Google Russian KGB alien book. That's Russian K- KGB alien book. And if you look at this, a lot of them ha- actually have the last time they were spotted. And I was blown away that if this is some KGB book that is real, I was really surprised that they would use a couple of mid-sized towns and cities in Canada. Like it, it blows just, it blows me away that they would you know just choose different locations like you would expect. Okay, if it's fake, well, this happened in Seattle or that happened in Los Angeles or this happened in Chicago or New York, you know, or Cairo or Paris. But it's more in the wilderness. Like if it's fake, someone did a good job at trying to make it look very real. Yeah, making the ob- making what should be obvious not obvious. So um, unless it is real, I mean, I that makes sense to me though. Why would you want to um, do it in a populated area? You have more risk of being seen or caught, I would assume, than doing it in the middle of nowhere. Doesn't that make sense? Oh, true that. But out of all the cities in the world, I mean, if you look at anything, and and this is what tips me off, okay. And it may not sound like much, but to a lot of Canadians it is. Canada is always overlooked. When it comes to anything, we are overlooked. I mean, hell, I mean, all you got to do, if you look back in recent history, okay, when Canada helped bail out a lot of people during 9-11, I mean, President Bush didn't even recognize Canada's contribution. I mean, that's how overlooked we are. And we're okay with that. We really are. Okay, and I'm not trying to start a whole debate there, but when I see this book, 
using Canadian locations, that to me all of a sudden sets up that red flag. Because we always look for that little red flag of something that, that just sits out of out of place. You know what I'm saying? It just seems to yeah. sit out of place. And that sit, sat really out of place with me. I don't know why, it just did. And to me, that gave it more validity than it did non-validity. Now, a lot of skeptical people out there will say, oh, come on, man just because it mentions a Canadian city. But you have to understand, when you live here, if it's not Vancouver, Toronto, or Montreal, it's never mentioned. Canadian towns are never mentioned. And we're okay with that, you know? But when you have this Russian KGB book going to a small town on Vancouver Island in British Columbia, saying this is the last time this race has been seen on Earth, or reportedly seen on Earth, that makes me wonder. So I highly what's suggest up? you check it out. Well, what's up there that you think would uh, they would be last seen over there? Why? What's what's there? Exactly, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> my point. Okay. Well, maybe it goes back to the uh, to the ice age. Maybe it goes back far. Maybe that's why, um, because they're finding out there's a lot of stuff that was hidden underneath the ice that's like the the aliens almost dug into the ice and made their home underneath you know up there in the 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 north by the north pole Uh, which is what people are saying about antarctica that there's supposedly some alien stuff going on over there i'm sure you've heard about all that yes and i'm not sure how much i'm buying into the whole antarctica thing just something around there just is not sitting right with me. It just seems like an easy place to cause a lot of BS for no reason. And, you know, we talked about it last night on our show about the reporters, how this field always has to have, every six months, it has to have some new highlighted subject. You know, before that, it was the man, before, you know, Antarctica, it was the Mandela effect. Before the Mandela effect, it was everything is a demon. You know, before that, it was something else. And it just goes down the line, and it just drives you crazy. So I don't think there's much more to Antarctica besides the scientists there that are actually studying it and, you know, trying to figure out how this planet actually works. I mean, maybe they're looking for the edge. You know, we talk about the whole flat Earth thing. But that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Do we still have you? Hello? There you are. We that was weird. You. We lost you there. For yeah, a I was saying, um, yeah, I was saying hi. Um, Buzz Aldrin went down there and got really sick, and a lot of other big head figures were down there for whatever reason. But Buzz Aldrin came out, and what did he say? Uh, is it my, I think he said um, it's like, the looking into hell or something's going to be it's like hell on earth or something or he said he basically said it in a tweet and it's funny that tweet is nowhere to be seen on any major media outlet if you have the one of the first men who walked on the moon or pardon me was part of the apollo program that walked on the moon okay come out and say that publicly do you not think that's going to get picked up by someone else besides some small stream alternative media 
I mean, you well, talk what, yeah. you talk about fake news. Yeah, I don't think it was fake though. Oh, I don't he think got, that was he, fake. he got sick, but the the tweet was nowhere to be seen. It was no longer. He, it was either erased or it was never put on his Twitter account because I did check his Twitter account and never found that tweet. And the only places I saw that tweet coming out was on, you know, small alternative media sites. I never saw it on any of the major news networks. And before you jump on the whole category, well, the major networks are all fake news. No, they would report on something like that. They would report on something like that because this is an American hero. They would report yeah. on something like that. Not if the American hero was in on a secret that he that he uh, was being brought down there to, to maybe they were to get their opinion. Like, hey, Buzz, is this what you saw on the moon? Yeah, that's what I saw. So okay, so these are the same aliens. Yeah, those are them. Maybe they maybe they uh, found an alien or or race over there, and it was the same ones that he saw on the moon. So they had to get his opinion on it. I mean, you're not allowed to fly. You're not even allowed to fly over Antarctica. It's illegal. I guess, you know, it's dangerous weather and whatnot, but you can't go down there unless you have a special pass. I I I don't know what they're hiding, but yeah. I know. I know. You know, I just don't buy it. You know, I got a pretty open mind when it comes to this stuff. I think, you know, I think I'm a pretty open and fair gesture on this but i really believe if that tweet had come out the way it did it would have it would have found its way through the public rather than some midterm alternative media sites unless they they don't want anybody to see it they they stop everything the, the government can do anything they want if you post that tweet on your on your site you're going to have to pay for it believe me you're not going to be able to play Seinfeld for three months. You know, that they have power to stop anything they want from going on, you know, media anywhere. They don't care about the small outlets. They, they only care about main media. So maybe they just stop it. They tell them, you post that there, you post that tweet there, there's going to be issues. Trust me, everybody's fired. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard when you don't know the truth. Well, and that's the hard part. That is the hard part, is trying to figure it out. But I don't believe for a second that the media is as infiltrated as a lot of people believe it is. See, I think it is. I think it's all. I think it's fully infiltrated. I think everybody is told what to do. Everything is scripted. I, uh, the news every day is played out on a script. You can. They've proven this before. You go from station to station... And they they report something. It's verbatim. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to have blue skies and happy days. And then you switch over to the other station. Blue skies and happy days. And then you go to another state and another station. Blue skies and happy days. They're all saying the same thing. It's very, very strange how, they, how that happens. People have pointed that out time and time again. I'm not saying, you know, it's a story that they're just reading you know what the story is but there are certain things that are being edited and deleted that they don't want the pub the general public to know the masses to know it's okay if a few small outlets you know we don't care about those few hundred thousand people we care about the millions to billions i don't know yeah i just think like our movies and our tv shows everything is 
it's all watched. It's if you start doing like the like the show UFO Hunters. <laughs> I mean, that's not just uh, any old show, but there was a reason that show got shut off, that that it got turned down, that it, it was off the air. There was a reason why Jesse Ventura's show was shut down. Uh, there was a reason that Joe Rogan's show was shut down. Joe Rogan questions everything. I mean, they talked about why they were shut down. I talked to Bill Burns uh, about why his show was shut down. It's amazing. What did, Bill, what did Bill have to say? Well, it was just that they were getting too close. That's all he was told. Look, the show's being canceled. Why are we being canceled? We have the best ratings, record ratings. We've never had uh, – you never had a show like this for UFOs. Why would you cancel it? You got your – according to the sources, you're getting too close to the truth, and they're stopping the show as it was the number one show. They shut it down. Joe Rogan's show, they shut it down after great reviews. And Jesse Ventura, well, he's he's very, uh, you know, he's into the, uh, you know, conspiracy world. So he got shut down because he was getting, saying things he shouldn't have. But the UFO Hunter show, yeah, they, uh, Bill talked about that and they shut him down. They were pissed. The Jesse Ventura show I thought was fantastic. God, I love that show. I really liked that one. But what amazes me is how he seemed, I don't know if he fled to Mexico after that or he was filming that while living in Mexico. But, I mean, there's a gentleman who's seen the inside of government. He knows how it works. And, sure, he he may have some outlandish theories and everything like that, but it kind of makes you wonder, what, what does he know? What has he been tipped off to? And would he be able to get that insider information anymore, considering the fact that people know he's not afraid to name names? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just can't take him out. You take him out, you know that's that's a that's a red flag. That proved everything he said was right. So they got to leave him alone. Yeah, he he did me. I think he's been in Mexico now like seven or eight years. He doesn't even have a TV. Doesn't listen to the radio much. He just doesn't want to have anything to do with uh, anything that's going on. He clears yeah. his clears lives over there. Yeah. Do you think he was threatened? I think so. Yeah, I think so. In more more ways than you know he can explain it, but uh, I actually think he mentioned something to that effect. Not in, not in so many words, but uh, he hinted towards it when he was on Alex Jones's show a while back. I know we've tried to get him. And we don't even get a response. Yeah. Maybe in the future. Jake at hashtag Spaced Out Radio says, the UFO hunters think their show was taken off the air after they showed something like a human-cattle hybrid or something from Dulcie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't get too many details on why. Um, that I was just told because they got too close. That's that's all he was saying. It's possible, yeah. May, I remember that episode. Shoot, I, I still have them all. Um, maybe I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about that Dulcie underground base. I believe it or not, Dave. I've had dreams about that being underground in that place. Talk about weird. Maybe you've been there. No, seriously, and. Or maybe it's because I've watched so many TV shows that it's in my brain, and when I go to sleep, sometimes it misfires. 
<laughs> you know, and I see what I saw on TV, but not when you're getting taken to an underground world and you, and you're in an elevator. And this is my dream. I had supposedly it could have been real, but who knows where I'm in one of those freight elevators where you can actually touch the walls as you're going in up and down. So it goes to sub-level one, sub-level two, sub-level three, sub-level four. Then it goes to red level one, red level two, purple four. And on purple four is where they had, and I saw this, where the doors opened up. And I, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been to a racquetball club or a racquet club where you watch people play racquetball from above and you look down on them. Yes. Well, they had these, yeah, and they've had these rooms where you walk by and you can look down into these little rooms and you can see alien hybrids with other aliens with uh, with humans teaching them things with their minds and i and as i was walking by you know the guy who was giving me a tour was telling me everything they were doing oh this is a game called this this is something they do with their mind on that they're teaching this girl how to do this and then a little siren went off and everybody scattered and went back to their their rooms and uh we went on about our way it was really strange, yeah, to to have that dream not only once but several times. And in that dream, I had um, I talked about this before. It's weird because I talked about seeing military personnel there, but I was able to explain and describe their uniforms. And every dream I had was like a different time era. The uniforms were a little cottony where the, you can see little frays of cotton you know coming off so and then if i went back in another dream they were like uh really polyester you know no wrinkled suits uh just different buttons i mean i was able to explain all this stuff to somebody and they were telling me it sounds like you you were being taken back in different times maybe and i learned how to read minds dave i learned how to read minds and and float out of my body astral projection it's pretty cool well i think you've been taken my friend welcome to the club. i hope so welcome I hope to so. The club. thank you <laughs> i actually do uh remote viewing sessions now with myself I've, I've taught myself how to do it years ago and i've reprogrammed myself recently and i am about to do on my show um there's a poem out there that that was written and the guy's still alive where if you could do your, um, you know, whatever, I, I can't, remote viewing, and you could figure out this poem, you supposedly can remote view right to this treasure where there's over $3 million worth of treasure that this guy buried. And he put all the hints in a poem, but he wants somebody to remote view, see if they can find it. So we're going to try to figure it out. And then, you know, and see if I can remote view into this treasure and find out where it is. It's going to be cr- pretty cool. So I'm going to do that on my show soon. Well, I hope you're the best of luck. If you do oh find my God. it, if you do find it, we we do accept donations at Space Out Radio. You can become a space traveler. For your case, more than five dollars a month, but that's okay. Dave, you wouldn't have to worry about anything anymore if that happened. I'll take care of you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I promise. Uh, just, just take me for a good steak dinner, man, because I love my wife, but God, you know, her cooking. Her cooking sometimes. <laughs> I would appreciate a good steak dinner. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. A lot of deals are, are done over steak dinners. 
Absolutely. <laughs> we, Rich, we only have about three and a half minutes left with you tonight. This this absolutely flew by. And, and I appreciate you taking the time to do this because it's been such a long time since we have had the opportunity to go in-depth and chat like this. Yeah. What advice do you have for people who may have not had an experience looking up at the sky and seeing a UFO? Advice? As in if they want to see something? Yes. Oh, my gosh. that That's totally up to them. The only advice I have is to be patient. And if you really want to see something in in the sky, if you want to capture a UFO, Take your camera everywhere with you. I'm not talking your phone camera, a real camera. So take one with you everywhere. Keep it charged, have an extra battery. Keep an open mind. Because I drove down the street one day and captured a fleet of UFOs. That is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. If I didn't have my camera with me, I would have never have been able to capture it. But you need to have patience. It's not going to happen the first time you go out. It's like fishing. You know, you're going to go out there, you're not, you may not see anything for a while, then all of a sudden, you're going to have a, a, a nice dinner ready for you. You're going to catch a few. So it does happen. You just got to wait and wait and wait and um, have somebody with an open mind who is grounded enough to let you know that whatever you caught on tape is real UFO or just a plane or something else. There's not much advice I can give except for patience, Dave. It's, it's all it is. It's the waiting game. And always, and always have a witness with you. If you don't have a camera, at least have a witness, somebody who can verify the story. Yes. Yeah, I had, at the time, my wife with me when I saw one of my fleets, and that was ultimate proof that I wasn't just seeing something on my own. Even though I got it on video, you can hear her looking into the viewfinder going, oh, my God, how did you see this? That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm sorry. That's my ex-Jewish wife. My friend, how can people find out more information about you and your podcast? Well, right now I am on psn-radio.com. The show is live Sundays, and it is at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. And the show is live, but we I am changing the format to where I will be doing it as a podcast so the show will still be on Sundays, though. And you can catch me on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Rich G Paranormal. And I'm on YouTube under UFO Chronicles of Rich G. And also CNUFOs TV. And that is it. That's it, my friend. Hey, you hold on for a couple of minutes here. i got to ramp this thing up. If you're listening in on our terrestrial radio side, you're hearing Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking us home with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. We thank Mr. B every night for his great tunes. You can find them on our website, spaceoutradio.com. I want to thank Rich Giordano for being our guest tonight for the full show. Tomorrow night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern Time, we have Ghosts of the Great White North. Canadian paranormal investigator Mike Morin will join us. We're going to be talking 
to some ghost hunters in Edmonton, Alberta, the capital of Alberta, about what the hauntings are going on up north. And hopefully the Oilers will bring back another Stanley Cup this year after 10 years away from the playoffs. I'm pulling for my oil. They got fans there. Anyhow, if you want to find this show and others, you could go to our YouTube channel, Space Out Radio Show. Tune us in on TuneIn. Download this show and others from iTunes. We're also at TalkStream Live, RadioGuide.fm, and on Stitcher. We are everywhere. Make sure you check out our website, SpacedOutRadio.com, as we got a plethora of features there for you, and we want you to check it out. Tell us what you think. We're all over social media, but the best part about this, my friends, is you spreading the word. I will be back in 21 hours. You do me a favor. You go tell a friend. Say this is the place to be because we own the night. Mr. Bubblefoot, take us home.